0: Or good to see you, my friend. It has been a while. I missed you.
1: Yeah, it's been a moment. A lot has happened, home. too. I did a whole trip to Mexico. I went to Lollapalooza. I saw Mad Max Fury Road um, in a movie theater. It's been, it's been a lot of summer. It's been, Hell yeah. It's been crazy. Seize the day.
0: Do it, dude. And
2: Mike, it's been a while since I've seen you. I miss you too, man. How you been? Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I've been great. Thanks for having me. You didn't go to Mexico? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I went to Oakhurst. Uh, oh, that's cool, I think. Where's Oakhurst? California? It's in California. It's uh, it's between Fresno and Yosemite. It's closer to Yosemite. Um mm. I think when I got there, I said, "If Lodi and Lake Tahoe were kissing cousins, this would be their inbred offspring." Mm. <laughs> I got a lot okay. of I got a lot of looks at <laughs> the grocery store when I said that, but that's how I felt.
0: <laughs> You're like I'm just monologuing here.
2: I'll be here all week.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! But uh, uh, that
2: is where I snapped a photo of the old Sierra Entertainment building because that's where the company was. Oh yeah. Um, definitely during its heyday. But, um, yeah, I don't know that's cool
0: that is cool all right, well, summer, Kevin, you do anything this summer exciting
3: uh not really I'm like podcast worthy information probably not
0: no okay well, no uh I went to San Diego. that's about as exciting as i've I've done, um, but you know, hey that's a, that's that's a not very far for me to go yeah isn't that a
2: whole. <laughs> Forty-five minutes away. Forty-five hours. Two hours.
0: Two hours. But it's 120 miles. But it always takes two hours Mm. to get there and three hours to get back, which is kind of the state of things.
2: I have no sense of scale of Southern California, so I just assume everything's like an hour apart. But
0: no, it's four hours. Everything in LA is an hour apart. (laughs) Like it takes more than an hour to even get out of Los Angeles, (laughs) especially for me because I'm like in like you know East Hollywood, so I'm just like every direction is LA for like an hour goofy uh all right well guys are you feeling we were just talking about this before you showed up orin that shit's hitting hard there's a lot on there's a lot in the backlog there's a lot in the front log the calendar is filling up i'm feeling some uh some serious gamer fomo
1: yeah i've been um this is i think this is the first year ever for me maybe not ever but in recent memory where i'm just accepting i'm not playing certain games I'm just like, I'm just not going to play that game. I'm sure it's a masterpiece. I just don't have time to play everything. So yeah, it's almost like I'm just kind of accepting that when it's next year and there's a gaming drought, it's like, oh, maybe I'll touch this video game. You know, (laughs) that's where I'm at mentally. How about you, Aaron?
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've been finding myself playing a bunch of stuff, and then like one thing came and cleared the plate, as as these certain types of games have a tendency to do. But there's a lot coming, and I'm, I I like. Armored Core comes out in what a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple weeks. It's yeah, a, that's a FromSoft game. Yeah, like I, I I that hasn't even been in my mind until I saw this right in front of me. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a thing.
1: It's just crazy. Uh, did we like? Did was, was the anticipation there for Baldur's Gate 3 to be this big? Because I, I feel like no one was talking about it and now it's like the biggest game
2: like what the fuck
0: I mean, it, Even though I talked about yeah sorry, uh, even though I talked about last pod it caught me off guard
2: I, I mean it was in early access for a long time and it it caught me off guard and I'm like a diehard CRPG kind of player, like I, I love Baldur's Gate 1 Baldur's Gate 2 and I, I wanted nothing to do with Baldur's Gate three. I just thought it was like ah, it's gonna be a stupid cash grab.
3: And really, was, was it? Was I wrong? <laughs> no, it definitely was not. A cash grab. Mm-mm. It's so
1: crazy. I can't be- I can't believe that like uh, it's just it's just I love it when a game of the year contender just kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's <laughs> so cool when that happens.
0: I feel like that's happened to me twice this year. Not that I didn't foresee that Zelda would be great, but I just had no hype or real. I wasn't even sure I was going to buy it until I pulled the trigger and bought it. Sure. And the same thing with Baldur's Gate. I was like, maybe I'll play that, but like, I was way more hyped about Starfield and, and other games, and I had so much on my plate that I was like, eh, maybe I'll get around to Baldur's Gate, even though I love Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. What else? There's still way more games to come out this year.
2: I know. Like, I was anticipating Armor Core to be Game of the Year for me, right? Or maybe mm-hmm. Starfield. Uh, mm-hmm. But Baldur's Gate being as good as it is right now, um, really shocking.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, I'm,
3: I'm really surprised, too, how good it is. Uh, I, I still wonder. I don't know. I mean, Armor Core could still steal the show for me. I have no idea. This year is... Already looking better than 2017. This is like, this is like the 2007, 2017. Mm. I don't know, 97, 98, uh, contender for best, best or one of the best video game years, I think. And if if Armor Core is like a Sekiro level game, then man, <laughs> it's just nonstop this year. I I don't know. Uh, I for my just for my thoughts on Armor Core. I I think it'll be like a uh, a really good game with a niche audience. Because I think it's, cause it's a mech game. But i think it'll probably do the mech game thing really well. So like if you like that, it'll probably be like the best mech game. But if you don't like that, then maybe I don't know. It's not gonna Other be Elden Ring. I don't, I don't think it's gonna be an Elden Ring kind of level of success. No. Even if even if the Metacritic, I think it'll be like a high eighty Metacritic. High eighty? Maybe maybe nineties, but I think high eighty if nothing else. But I think is it might it be from like from
0: Soft Royalty now, like they're only gonna get nineties. Because... Yeah, I don't know.
3: I just feel like this game could be like a more like I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know if it has the like, the like presentation prestige of their other stuff. Because it's like a sci-fi mech game. It doesn't have like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope to be wrong. I hope the it's broad right. appeal. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: also, I mean, they released that very forgotten uh, PlayStation VR game, Duracity. Yeah. or whatever, yeah. Dyracene. Uh I don't know what the Metacritic is on that, mm. but that is that is an example of a very niche FromSoft title. Uh, that not a whole lot of people experienced.
0: That literally nobody ever talks about when people are ranked. I've never seen anybody put that in their, their ranking of their favorite From game. No. I forgot they even made that.
3: <laughs> I never played it. I had a PSVR, but I gave it to Aaron. And it's uh, not compatible with PSVR 2, apparently. Really? You only play on the first one.
0: Oh, that's just classic FromSoft right there. Yeah, we yeah, won't patch FromSoft, the shit. FromSoft, Sony,
3: bad combination. They both are like, no, we're not going <laughs> to. It's not
0: a good mix. Um, well... I don't know. So are, what's the release date? Is it the 30th for Armored Core? I think it's the armor armor 24th, if I remember correctly. Oh, my or 26th, God. Or two days. Dude, I, I can't handle that. That, I, that actually is making me feel anxious right now.
3: People who played it say it's amazing. They say that yeah. it, it, it's supposed to be like the develop, they, A lot of people say, like, we're trying to go for second level intensity, but with mech combat. So, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Uh,
0: I, I think as we'll talk about later, I think that that might be a good direction for from to explore. But, um, hmm. All right. Orin?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm 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 excited to see what arm Armored Core. I, I feel like I'm gonna play it, but also the mech question. I'm just not sure about.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: like that about it. That's probably like. I like when things, like when I first played Red Dead 1, Iron Burrow, I was like, I don't really like Westerns. And it was like, oh, actually, I love Westerns. This is an incredible genre. But like, I needed something to challenge me, right? Like something sure. to challenge my, like, my like, genre notions of like what I like. So like, if something can be really good, and like, that's like the best to me, it's, like when it can like change how I perceive a genre or a thing. So I'm hoping for yeah, that. Because...
1: I mean, that was like me last year with uh, Power Wash Simulator. I was like, yeah. "I'm not gonna like this," and it ended up being one of my favorite games that year. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping the same thing for Armored Core. I'll probably play Armored Core because why not? It's a new FromSoft game. I Once it comes it.
3: out with that, either 92 Metacritic or whatever, you'll probably play it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: hmm. I, I actually haven't pre-ordered it because I, I do have some trepidation. Oh yeah, me too. So. You know, it's 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 going to be one of those things where I'll I'll probably see what the feel is the first week and then I'll decide. But right now I'm trying to decide how can I cram in 100 hours of Baldur's Gate 3 before <laughs> the 24.
0: Yeah.
3: Baldur's Gate's is just you... like the work you just chip at away slowly for like, you know. There's no year. rush. It's it's That's it's a fine
0: meal you can slowly
3: dine on. Um <sighs>
0: Just the thought of that and Starfield, but also, like, how much, like, I guess we could talk about this in a minute, but, like, how much do you think Bethesda's sweating now? They're like, oh, damn, two huge open-world games that are, like, absolutely raised the bar a thousand times (laughs) came out within six months of our, you know, first real game in, like, half a decade.
2: I don't think they care. Uh, I mean, Fallout 4 has shown me they don't actually care about uh good gameplay or a good game at all so
3: <laughs> oh yeah. shit oh, i can't disagree fired. if all four sucks uh,
0: <laughs> was that a todd howard joint yeah yeah okay that's a bummer um hmm.
1: i i've like never i've never been a bethesda guy it's kind of a black hole for me i i, I mean i played I think every single one I've played, like, I'll play it for, like, 20 hours and then just not finish it because I just lose interest. Like, I played Oblivion, lost interest. Played some of Skyrim, lost interest. I just, like, am not a fan for some reason. I I don't get it, but it's fine.
2: (laughs) When I saw uh, a photo of someone playing Starfield on an ultra wide with... <laughs> uh, cropped the black with black bars. Yeah. I, I was like, "Okay, this is this is all I need to know."
0: Yeah, that was not. Oblivion supports native ultra. It, it has to. It, I, I think that was just like the dumbest oversight ever. All
2: Out Four does not. Yeah. Oh, really? You have to significantly mod it, and when you're in the the uh, mech suit, um. The gooey. It has, a, no. yeah, oh, no. it has a yeah it has a vignette overlay you know and you then and it, then it's just yeah. missing
0: <laughs> it's like Sakura. <Sekiro. laughs> yeah. um oh god
2: oh, that's
0: worrisome hmm. well we'll see i don't know that game that game has a has a lot to live up to at this point um so you guys hear about this? Uh, there was a lot of rumors about Rockstar re-releasing Red Dead Redemption. It was rated. People were like, "Oh my god, it's finally coming to PC! We're gonna get the remaster we've been waiting for it that we deserve." And then what happened, Kevin?
3: <laughs> they announced it on last gen and Switch. <laughs> a port, a port to PS4 and Switch. Where's the Xbox One version? Well, we don't need... Uh, let's talk about why <laughs> I know, we don't I know. need that. I know. But, uh, I know why. I how much does it I'm cost, kidding. Kevin? Uh, it's full price, right? 50 bucks? 50 bucks? Yeah, what kind of features does it does it uh, have? Nothing. <laughs> nothing has changed. It's the full 7th gen experience ported to mm-hmm. uh, Switch and PS4. So if I was a Switch person, if I was a hardcore Switch fan, I would be excited for this because Switch is a 7th gen console in terms of power. It's a 360 or you know, PS3. So 30 FPS... Red One, okay, kind of exciting. Can you play it on the go? Sure. PS Four, it's just like we didn't have back compat, so we're gonna port it to PS Four. Fifty dollar patch. Fifty dollar patch price. price. Yeah. I think uh, they're getting grilled over this, and I'm very happy about it because uh, this is the most disappointing, stupid. <laughs> like, talk about cash grab. Seriously, right? <laughs> like, we're just gonna repackage a game and not change it and sell it for. Uh, what was it? Games market appropriate pricing. I think is what said
2: It was funny because I was actually looking up this exact quote. Yeah, what's the quote? Uh, this, uh, th- that's just what we believe is the commercially accurate price for it. That is the most CEO-level speak for uh, we just want to charge you for as much as possible, and we so know we can get away with it.
3: Let's contrast that with a recent really release, Quake 2, which was completely... Mm rehauled they like changed the gameplay and everything they added new content with from triple-a developers and it's free if you only the original version on steam mm-hmm. and they're selling it for ten dollars if not
0: that's how you do it guys yeah let's also contrast that with the why well let's talk about why it didn't come to xbox why is that kevin
3: because it's already playable on Xbox because of backwards compat. And, and it's uh, better. <laughs> it's, it's a better 4K version. 4K on uh, Xbox. It's not frame boosted, but it is 4K. Yep. So you can play it in nice, pretty. It actually looks really good in 4K. With I've, auto HDR. i it. Yeah, it. looks That's the best way to play that game. And it still it, plays yeah. well. I think mm-hmm. it actually plays a lot better than 2. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was hoping I for a PC port. Uh, I really wanted a PC port. I remember being pissed back in the day that there was no PC port. And Intel said that. That I forgot. It was like it st- that the console developers at the time had stopped. That's what the scuttlebutt was. That the console developers did not want a PC version because at the time they were afraid that PC ports of these games would make the console of the games look bad, and they don't want to have any. Ver- they want to look like an inferior product at the time. So that's what that was. The scuttlebutt. I don't know if that's true. That's what Intel said back in two 2000- thousand.
0: Think about how bad that looked on Sony's platform back in two thousand. Yeah, it was a
3: bad PS3 port, apparently. Even the emulation. If you emulate the two games on Xbox or 360. 360- or PS3 the PS3 version sucks apparently for emulation too so
0: yeah um, worth noting though you can play the game via emulation on PC and it's uh, pretty good
3: surprising frame yeah, boost it, 360
0: right? well yeah you can play it at like an unlocked frame rate uh, that's awesome I should I should
2: dive into that yeah so I it came to PC I got it on my Xbox last year and played it a bit um, mm-hmm. and it's it's perfect it's, I mean it's it's fantastic uh, no uh, no port required, but a remaster uh, or like a remake would have been absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. No, it's really good on Xbox. Um, that's it's a really big missed opportunity.
1: opportunity. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think just modern rock stars just kind of whack right now. Like with the uh, Grand Theft Auto remasters and then this and... And just like the whole desi- gameplay design of Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm just like, <laughs> I just don't know how I feel about this company Dude, anymore.
0: Does anyone care less about their historical IP than Rockstar at this point? Like-
3: <laughs> yeah. it, it really feels like 2K Games have become just like the, 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 the other huge AAA publisher who just like gives zero fucks. They're like, like no risk, all, all money. We don't, we don't want to like, it's yeah. just like the investment in their IPs is just abysmal. That's how I feel about Activision right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, they're they're That's they're in the same sure. boat in my in my world.
2: <laughs> Come on, Raven! So. We want you to do something better.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird living in an age where EA isn't the worst developer, <laughs> or at least it feels that way. They're yeah. not far off, but they're yeah, they're not far off. Li- like they sometimes have a hit. <clears throat> you know, I feel mm-hmm. like Rockstar and Dead Space
0: remake. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if they give us more. But uh, they did give us that. That is. Was pretty
3: awesome. They haven't patched it. <laughs> that's, patch.
0: that's not cool because that was like what nine months ago, eight yeah, months ago. Yeah, it's it came not gonna out. get patched. I don't think.
3: Uh,
0: that's that's bad news. Um, it got patched on console a few times, which is that's a what, little strange. What's this Larian backlash drama? All right, well let's let's get into Baldur's Gate three in general. Okay. Baldur's okay. Gate three came out of nowhere, as Warren said, kind of caught everybody off guard blew up on steam over 800 concurrent players it's which makes it like the ninth most played game on steam ever um it's it's sitting at a 97 on both metacritic and open critic right now might end up being like the highest reviewed game of the year everybody's talking about it oren's like shut the fuck up already but uh we're gonna talk about it for like 30 minutes dude so
1: (laughs) it's no it's fine i'm just like wondering I just don't know how this happened, because it's like, uh, I mean, I get it. It's a great game. Like, that's awesome that it's such a masterpiece. But, like, how did the word of mouth travel for this game to be as big as it is? Like, this it's just that's a good question. blows my mind.
3: Any yeah. theories? It seemed like it had a viral, I, I, I think it had, like, I don't know. My only thought is, like, RPGs are loved. Like, I think, like, with Elden Ring because Other Ring also feels like a very niche game honestly like it's a super right. hard action RPG it just seemed like but that yeah. like blew up even more than, than this game so it's just is like I, I feel like there's like there's the RPG thing and uh, also there's a lot of weird quirky funny things about this game that I think make it unique that like mm-hmm. hasn't really been around for a long time you can fuck a bear I you think might have been a big part that's of it that's a big one I think that really... I think a lot of that has been a big... Because, I mean, Cyberpunk also was a massive hit. I know it had a massive pushback, but, I mean, that game sure. sold... Like, that's that's the sixth most played Steam game, our fourth or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, big RPGs I, are a are, are big market. Big RPGs that
0: promise this sort of, like, holodeck experience where, like, it's like, oh, you can just kind of do whatever you want, and and, it, and the game will respond to it. I feel like there is a a, a hunger for that. I feel like that's why... Elden Ring did so well, why Zelda did so well, and why this game is doing so well. Skyrim. That's my guess. Skyrim, yeah.
1: It's crazy. It's, um... Well, well, I, I will say, like, right off the top, I have not played it. I've been playing all the other games that have come out. <laughs> so, I, I'm happy to listen and chime in, but I really want to hear, like, do you guys feel like it is, in this moment, even with recency bias, like, a game of the year? Aaron, do you think it's like the game of the year more than Zelda?
0: It's gonna, I'm going to have to sit on that one, but I would say it, it, it's the only game... Okay, so we talked about Zelda. Kevin said, this game feels next-gen in a way that every other game I've been playing doesn't. And I will say the same of this game. It feels sincerely next-gen. Um, and it's just it's just really uh, well executed at every level. And it, it really feels like it, you could do shit your way in a very satisfying way. Kevin,
1: do you agree with that?
3: Um, I I would say for me, it's probably not a game of the year, but I think is it at that quality? Yes. Could I see why someone would say it's game of the year? Yes, definitely. I think there has been there like is un- when you play this game, there's not even a question that the amount of like craftsmanship that has been put into it, like attention to detail and just I, I probably like the most one like just from what I've played. Which isn't that much. The amount of like non-linear and just puzzle-solving open mechanics, like ways to do things, is just like bonkers. Like it's. I'm sure people are gonna be figuring out things for years in this game that you can do that the developers have like put in intentionally. I guess like in terms of player agency, like it's at the same level. I think is Zelda, which is like off the charts as well. There's like a million ways to solve a problem in that game, um, and I think that that's like really key and also the storytelling is already like you know I, it, I always called BioWare for me is like my favorite for like that kind of for this kind of stuff and I feel like they're at that level for sure from what I've seen it just seems totally Well you Mike you've also played
2: Uh yeah and I think I have a slightly different opinion in that I think it's a good game I don't think it's great um I think mm-hmm. for the CRPG elements it pushes a lot of boundaries uh player agency is huge um, you can do just an insane amount of things your own way your own style and I think that's that's really well done uh, there's a lot of mechanics that I think are the are, are the next step up right like placing barrels um, th- throwing boxes throwing shoes at people pushing people off ledges like those are mm-hmm. those are uh, like I I almost pissed myself laugh- laughing the first time an, a, an enemy pushed me off because I didn't even mm-hmm. know you could do that, mm-hmm. and it was it was absolutely amazing. And they killed me too, and I I, I thought that was even better. <laughs> but um, I think it's really buggy.
0: Mm. Which it's buggy.
2: They're ironing out, and I I just think the engine is very last gen. Uh, I don't like mm-hmm. to to me the, the the lighting doesn't look good. Um, the cutscenes where it just has like a fuzzy background and no lighting on your character. Uh, it looks pretty bad. Um, so
1: not a, not as good as Disco Elysium is what I'm hearing. Is that what I'm hearing?
2: For me personally, no. I think Disco Elysium is a is a, is a a much more polished product in, hmm. uh, sure. on all fronts. But I think Baldur's Gate 3 is just way bigger. And mm-hmm. you can do so many more things in Baldur's Gate 3 than you can in any other CRPG I've played.
3: So My first playthrough? I think it's
2: great, uh, but... I need to play it a whole lot more. I need to see how I feel towards the end. Um, I think it's a little too open. Mm. Uh, Like, at times, I feel like I'm just lost. Like, I don't know Hmm. what to do for the quest. I don't know which quest I should do. Um, It's not as linear as I kind of wish it was. I just wish it was a little more tightened down as far as which... Which direction you can go versus just, like, I don't know. You, there's, like, here's a map. Go go go. figure it out. Have sex with the bear. Who cares? <laughs>
3: um, my first playthrough, I was fighting goblins with my huge half-orc barbarian, and I picked up one of the goblins and smashed the other goblin with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
3: And just, like, that kind yeah. of stuff is just so... I just, like, I just don't know how they... they uh... Thought of all the possible things that you could do. There's just a lot of that, so I really appreciate that about this game. I do find that like when I'm playing it, like I don't like the combat super great much, and I did think that the world itself graphically did not match what the (laughs) screenshots showed. (laughs) Like the screenshots, and I was like, "Man, these graphics look fucking awesome!" And then you go to explore, I'm like, "Okay, it looks, it looks, you know, I'm gonna say it looks a little last gen." The characters look yeah. really, really good. The, the characters look incredibly good. And the, and the, when you when they're in dialogue, it looks insanely good. But when you're like exploring, it doesn't look as... The, there's a presentation, mm. I think, jump between those two things, in my opinion.
0: You think so? I, I didn't have a huge... I don't know. I haven't experienced too many bugs, except when I was playing in co-op, I had a couple of uh, UI elements disappear <laughs> with Kevin, but I haven't had actually any bugs other than that that I've noticed. And... Um, like the character models look really, really good, They're which really good. which which goes a long ways because this is fundamentally like a Bioware or a CD Projekt Red style narrative game where you have lots of these conversations with people that have lots of different branching things. So you you spend a lot of time talking to people and it does a lot of shot, reverse shot stuff. Um, I thought that the, the lighting looked pretty good on that and the shot, reverse shot stuff was, was pretty good. The thing that, that worked for me so well is that the facial animation, the acting of the actual actors and casting. Very and the quality of the character models is so good that for the first time maybe ever in a video game, I don't feel like I'm watching 3D puppets. You know, like I feel like when I play Mass Effect, it's like a 3D puppet show, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like 3D Sesame Street. Um, and like this does not, this I'm totally there. I, I think that it starts the narrative really well by putting you with a band of people who are all don't trust each other, are really mm-hmm. interesting characters, And like everybody kind of maybe wants to kill each other, but they have to work together and everybody also kind of wants to fuck each other. So it's like extra, lots of tension in different directions, like good dramatic tension. Um, I think, I don't know. I I think you could easily get overwhelmed in this game, but like I have found myself consistently finding little adventures. I I think that this game, Elden Ring and Zelda, kind of exist in this plateau of, of games where there's a billion things to do. But, like, nothing you do is going to really feel like you wasted your time. Like, maybe it might in a Bethesda game, maybe, or... Ubisoft. Like, a... Ubisoft is what I'm thinking of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like you can feel like, oh, I just, like, I have, like, the side quests are so much better, I think of the side quests in Final Fantasy 16. they're like, go kill 15 wolves, yeah. you're like, fuck that shit, this, I, like, stumble across this witch having a conversation with these guys, yeah. and, like, she's telling me she's not a witch, and then they're telling me she is a witch, and then, like, they get pissed and attack me, and, like like, it just, this crazy adventure unfolds, it's like, I don't feel like my time is wasted by this game.
2: That oh, side man. quest keeps going too. By the way, yeah, that is oh, yeah. That is, <laughs> I helped Darren with it. That is one of those great moments where, yeah, you just like oh, I'm stumbling across this thing. It's no big deal, and then it just keeps going and going. Uh, with it. it's very impressive. Uh, people want to jump into your sack way too quick, though. Like yeah. I even accidentally <laughs> did it. Uh, where oh, I no. was, I, I was, I was talking to uh, the mage that eats magical items. Whatever his name is. yeah and he's like i've got some tricks to show you well i i'm a sorcerer so i was like oh yeah cool yeah dude show me some tricks and then all of a sudden it was like well no no i didn't need the holy crap this is already happening (laughs) oh and that was that was literally like the first time i did a long rest at the campsite
0: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that's that's funny I have been romancing Shadowheart, who's a little more uh, demure. You you gotta slowly work your way up to she her, get is. to know her a little, and then you know, go drink wine with her and maybe she'll let you have a kiss. So so I haven't quite had sex with anybody yet, but Asterion has been has been saying just straight up, I'm horny, I need to fuck someone. Yeah. <laughs> who's w- one of your vampire? I, Asterion I really like... is amazing. <laughs> Shadowheart has been my favorites
3: so far. You know Asterion is voiced by Heisenberg from Resident Evil Village. <laughs> I don't
4: know why oh, that's wow. so funny. Hello,
3: Ethan. Yeah, it's, I, I was like, wow. Sterion <laughs> is
2: a really good character. Uh, I yeah. I let him bite me, and then for the entire day, mm-hmm. I had a minus one to all my rolls, so I just went <laughs> to him because he has so many bonuses.
3: Right. He's a vampire, He's a by vampire. the way. Yeah. Spoilers, sorry. Spoilers. I mean, it's pretty uh, clear when you talk to him within the first five seconds. He has teeth, like you he's can got see. Your yeah, teeth, he's and he got has two bite bites right on his neck. neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's the honest? most vampire ass dude, but he's he's so well acted and cast, and like he is so funny consistently. Like it's he's such a great character. Um, I
3: piss him off a lot, and I kind of think it's funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's like, "What are we messengers now?" It's like, "Yes, we are messengers now, mm. You're gonna follow me on the party leader. You're gonna do what I say." Yeah
0: that's a cool thing that happens is whenever you make interact like like you have like a sort of how much the different party members like you like there's a little meter but that's not that important but it will constantly be like oh this person didn't approve of that or they did approve of that so like you never know like i it's quite possible that any moment that like a student could just flip out and like fucking attack me because i'm pissing them off you know um let me tell a story. I'll try to make this quick, but like it gives an idea of like what I think this game does so well. Is I was like tasked with like clearing out this goblin camp, which sounds like the most basic ass thing in the world. But I'm like walking around and I'm in this like king's court and I see this guy and I'm like, "Oh, this is a guy who I want to kill." So I'm talking to him and having conversations and I can't get him to leave and there's like 10 guards in there and there's like archers up behind him. So what I do is I send Asterion, who's my rogue, up. And he sneaks and kills all the archers behind them. And then I position all my dudes next to guards that are sitting next to a ledge. I'm like, perfect. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna open up so strong, take out like half their, their guys. And it'll be a real easy fight. And, and destroy the alarm systems. So I kill the archers. I push the guys off the ledge. And there's like spiders in this pit down below that start attacking them. And I'm like, yes, I fucking did this. I'm going to own this fight. And then the dude gets up. Does buffs himself and like knocks my warrior off a cliff and kills her in the first round and I'm it's it's I suddenly have lost one you know one of my four party members and I was like oh shit Uh, this is this is not good this is bad Um, and I was like I could save scum and go back but I played it out and I was able to win the fight but it was really hard and really fun but it was like like I was constantly able to like use the environment do different things and like it was totally a plan of my devising that the game clearly you know, like incepted in me. Cause I, I walked in there and I saw them push somebody off a ledge to execute them. I was like, Ooh, there's an idea. Uh, but it was like really, really satisfying.
2: That mm-hmm. was the same area where I set up barrels all around the boss. Right. Cause he's like mm-hmm. sitting there on his throne, just mumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went up to the very top in the rafters and, uh, threw a fireball down at them. <laughs> And it just roasted half the guys. Oh. It was really good, but it still did not kill him.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: when he buffs, he... He's he, so strong. He's so, he will one-shot like some of your he's toughest... He's a motherfucker. Yeah, he was, he, he was still kicking after that.
3: So I did that fight, and then I did another adjacent fight. And the character that I killed, I wanted to ask them questions, but they were already dead. So I used the uh, scroll of talk to the corpses, where you can ask them five <laughs> questions on the body. Mm. And the body got up and said... I'm not going to answer you because you killed me. And they went back to sleep. And I was like, what? dude?" So I was like, wait a minute. Movie, huh? Wait a minute. What? So I was like, "Wait, I have an idea. I'm going to take Shadowheart, have her change form with her spell, disguise herself as someone else, and then talk to the body. And it worked. Nice. It fucking worked. <laughs> so like, uh, it does the same thing that Zelda does. Like, It makes you feel like a little genius for solving these puzzles that it, that it gives you that you are just trying to do on your own. Like, it's not like a puzzle I have to do. I just wanted to do it because I wanted to find out. And the corpse gave me the information that I needed. So, like, it all worked out. It's very cool. That kind of stuff is really... Like I said, just, I'm very impressed by that that, that piece.
2: Yeah, that's like that, that level that I think it went so much deeper compared to all the other RPGs I've played.
3: Yeah. I've never seen that before in a game where you can talk to the corpses. Someone
2: online said that... uh they resurrected someone after they killed them and then gaslit them into thinking that they saved them and then they were <laughs> like in in their debt. And it's just, it's, it's one of those crazy things. Like how did they, how did the developers anticipate that or is the underlying simulation so good that it just allows for that?
3: Mm. I wonder that too. I have no idea. Like, yeah, I, they must have to. I, they must have to figure it out.
2: Yeah, I, and again, this game was in early access for a really long time, so maybe, maybe a lot of these things came up through player feedback.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. they just have like an amazing player feedback QA team, maybe. Yeah. It's an interesting model to make a
0: game because, like, I totally ignored it when it was in early access because I was like, yeah, I really like Divinity yeah. Original Sin 2, which was their previous game, which was another game that was, you know, like, that 2017. A lot of people gave that game of the year. Um, but uh, I was like, I'm just going to wait for the finished product, and then it was such a long wait that I kind of forgot 27? about it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Same year Zelda again? Yeah. That's yeah. funny.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my number three game of the year that year, but... uh I think that this game is in every way it's a lot better. better than that game. And I thought that game was like a 10 out of 10 game. Like this game is
2: just like, Damn. I do have to say, uh, I also really like the illithid Mindflayer characters. characters. Uh, when I was, mm-hmm. when I was reading like pen and paper D and D like in the nineties, uh, I I was obsessed with those things and the whole like Githzerai Githyanki like their whole faction how they split off like there was, it was a lore that I remember being very invested in. Uh, so to so to like not only have a Githyanki as a playable character but like it kind of be crucial to the entire story uh, was mm-hmm. it was just bonus for me. Like I was super happy. She's about a good that.
3: party member too. I like her character. She's so hostile yeah. and, and pretentious. <laughs>
2: The Githyanki are a warring class. Like, they are super obsessed with fighting. Whereas, like, the Githzerai are sort of like these contemplative monk types. Hmm. Hmm.
3: I was surprised how... I I knew that the... uh, the, uh, What are they called again? The Illithids? with mm-hmm. their mind flayers were like? Clearly Lovecraftian, but I was yeah. surprised how Lovecraftian. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, they just they just literally just took it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, I think it's that, that that benefited it. But I just I I knew I remember playing it nights and there was mind flayers and I was always like, oh, these like weird squid guys. It was like, oh, I see, this is totally Lovecraft. But apparently they based them when they were initially doing them, they based them off of a drawing from a Lovecraftian character. So, hmm. it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Are, are, how are you feeling? Like you, you like the story so far, both you guys?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I like it.
0: I, I, I feel like CRPGs can often start kind of slow and plotting because there's a lot of player agency and they can kind of get off to a, a slow start. But this one is just like, bam, going. And there's like a lot of urgency that I felt like really just immediately had me going instead of sort of like, okay, no, let's it, learn about a thousand mechanics and
2: you know bore you to death. Yeah, it, it, it hits hard from the beginning. Like very very strong opening. Yeah. Um. I I do kind of wish though that there was some like please clear out the basement of rats, because <laughs> leveling up is so hard. It takes
3: forever. Mm.
0: Yeah. There's only twelve levels in the game apparently. Like twelve twelve will be the max level.
3: What? Yeah. Yeah. It's not twenty. They not. didn't want
0: to go to the, all the way because they wanted to keep the the stat inflation low. Oh,
3: no, too okay. much power creep. That's smart actually. <clears throat> High power creep is not good.
2: Not if you're a major so, yeah. you're a sorcerer, <laughs> which is which is what I am. I'm and, a sorcerer, and I regret yeah. it every single time.
3: You can change your class.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, by the dude that resurrects you at the camp.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm not going to. Uh, what I like about the sorcerer class is it scales off of charisma. That's and why I made it. <laughs> any any RPG with dialogue, charisma. it's it's always good to have some charisma.
0: <laughs> mm. My monk isn't both stupid so, and uncharismatic. Quick,
3: qu- quick question. Are you guys safe scumming? I am safe scumming. I am. Yeah. I don't know if it's good. Also, there's karmic dice rolls, which tend to make me safe scum even more. because I, think I get You can turn stuff. that off. I'm going to turn it off, I think.
0: I am um, trying not to safe scum. Like I said, I got to that one boss fight where like, immediately my strongest warrior was taken out in the first round, which... In often, you know, with this type of game, I'd have been like, fuck that, I'm gonna try that again. That was yeah. like, I'm gonna position or somewhere else so that doesn't happen, but like, I was like, let's just roll with this, and I've, so far, unless I really got fucked, like, quickly, like, where I was basically just gonna lose the battle, I have not been saves coming.
2: So, that first, that, that, that boss fight you're talking about, I beat it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and tried it again and again, and I died, like, every other time after that. Uh, and I know that's sort of like an inverse save scumming, but uh, I save scum occasionally, and I, I honestly feel like that is a downfall of CRPGs, yeah. whereas I feel like Disco Elysium was the only one that I felt um, made failures just as good as successes, whereas this sure. one, I don't, I, I do not think it rewards you on failures as much as it kind of wants you to.
3: Yeah Yeah That's a good point
2: Whereas Disco Elysium uh, When when your character Failed at something It was almost comical And you it's still got funny. Experience for it
0: yeah, But you won't die In Disco Elysium right? Actually I mean that, Actually that's in
2: the first scene You can die If you If you um, In the room? Yeah uh, You can hang yourself oh. From the ceiling fan by accident uh, okay.
3: I think uh, I aggroed One of the like rebeller guys And he killed me too. Mm-hmm. The like muscle guys I think you can get killed <laughs> okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um hmm. So, I will say it seems like it plays pretty well with the controller. Like when you play with the controller, the, the interface changes and I'm it becomes more third person. You not a, it, there is a lot of uh
2: those weird buttons,
3: too many slides. Yeah. It's be, it's about but, uh, I think throwing a mouse keyboard personally.
2: There's a lot yeah. to do on the keyboard too. Like just yeah. highlighting yeah. items, going in and out of um, like battle mode, I think they call it, uh, yeah. moving the camera around, around manually. It actually has kind of too much to do. Like, I almost prefer the old like isometric view mm-hmm. versus like me constantly like moving my mouse around, shifting the camera. I mean, you can do yeah. things like like look around corners and stuff like that. But uh, I kind of feel like it's 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 making me do a lot of work, and I am it's a little funny. I'm not a fan of
3: work. Because I feel mm-hmm. like uh, playing the game is, like, my least favorite part of it. Like, doing the, like, <laughs> gameplay things are, like, the worst mm-hmm. parts. It's, like, everything that has to do with the story or, like, mechanics. Like, like like that's not, like, just combat parts or... or you just or, don't
0: like the combat is what you mean, right?
3: I don't even like the moving through the world as much. Like, clicking to... It's not my favorite. But, like, once mm-hmm. I'm doing a thing, that's it's always great. Like, I am like, mm-hmm. right? But I just find, like... I, I, if there was not the nice presentation, the I nice story, in the different agency, like if there was a game with just the, that mechanical piece, I probably wouldn't like it. Like just jumping is annoying, Like get to click, it's just, all those things are just, a lot of like mechanical... Oh, but the jumping's
0: cool, you can do weird shit. It's like cool, but like when you're running through stuff. the world,
3: you to like click to like jump over the thing, otherwise your character will like walk through the fire, and it's just like... Yeah. It's just no, sometimes, such sometimes a your like, characters It's just will like walk into overly tedious amounts of menus and clicking that I find to be hmm. frustrating. It's I know yeah, why it's there. Feel. The game feel is not great I don't know if i
0: i for totally agree with that I, though I see why you say that like I do think that the combat, if you like the combat, it feels really good, yeah, but like it I think has it's well made be...
3: the combat's well done, I don't yeah. like it, <laughs> but I think it's like right. execution is good. It's fun to like pop out and like snipe a guy with his spell and like go back into cover like I think that's cool that you can do that mm mm-hmm. mm um hmm. Mike, let me ask
0: you a question. As as our resident CRPG veteran, how do you feel this stacks up, particularly to, say, the older games, the older Baldur's Gate games, and the Infinity Engine games, and even some of the more modern stuff?
2: Um, that we played? So I think it really blows them out of the water. Um, in a lot of, like, previous Dungeons & Dragons kind of based games, uh, especially with mages, like, a lot of your spells are kind of worthless. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay you know, I'm going to cast Grease on this guy and he's not going to be able to move for one turn. But this game, like, lets you do more with that, right? Like, I'm going to cast Grease on him and then I'm going to light him on fire, you know? Like, there's, <laughs> it, the, mm-hmm. it, there's so many different implementations that it actually handles well that it makes me think back to, like, when I was doing pen and paper. Like, you would describe how you, you were going to use a spell and, the you know, your, your your game master, your dungeon master, whatever, would be like, all right, no, like... I'll give you like a bonus hit because that was so creative. I feel like this game intuitively rewards that. Mm -hmm. Um, How it stacks up, like, as far as like my all-time favorites, I don't know. Like, to me, Planescape Torment is still my hands-down favorite uh, Mm. uh, Dungeons & Dragons adaptation. uh, But I'm I'm heavily biased because I bought the Planescape campaign when it first came out when I was a kid. Uh, and I just read those books constantly. I, I just I just lived in it. So that was sort of like like a dream come true. Hmm.
0: Tell me, Kevin. I, I, I feel like for me, I would not often recommend to see a RPG to people who who don't already have some experience with them or not open to that type of game because they can be kind of niche and demanding and yeah. they're pretty different what people from what people are used to playing. I would recommend this game to basically everybody. I feel like it's it's accessible enough and fun enough that pretty much anybody who enjoys games will will have a good experience here. How do you feel about that? As somebody who's maybe not a huge CRPG fan,
3: it's like it's funny because like I'm not, but I also am because like I've literally done like months of games were designed in Neverwinter Nights. Like, I used to host a server, like, I played, like, I, like it's funny, playing this game, I'm like, oh, this is exactly how I would do this. Like, this is mm-hmm. exactly how, like, even, like, level transitions, like, the way they do, like, oh, the stairs are interactable, you can click on these stairs to go to the next, oh, it's like, all of these things, like, that I, I'm like, oh, I'm very familiar with similar tool sets and, and systems, so it's very familiar. I, I think, um, and I also love KOTOR, and Mass mm-hmm. Effect is, like, the console CRPG, right? It's like, it's like CRPG with Gears of Work shooting. Uh, I think, um, I feel like that's more of an action RPG. Yeah. 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 But uh. It's but hard. it's like of the lineage. Anyways, I the, the um, for the I don't know. I mean, it has a ma- uh, the numbers don't lie, right? It has a massive. It's, it's sold a crazy well, on it, and it seems so. Yeah. I would say from that, yes. Um, from like again, like playing it, I feel like there's a lot of mechanical complexity and weirdness that I think could throw people off. I think especially if you've never played pen and paper or a D &D based system where you're not used to like oh i can move oh i have an action oh what's a bonus action what does that do how does that compare to a different i just think there's a lot of like mechanical funkiness that may throw people off so i guess like they could probably enjoy it from the narrative perspective but i think the game chunky stuff could be there's some stuff to learn yeah off yeah
0: yeah (laughs) all right any final thoughts before we we move on
3: Just don't can't play believe, it split screen.
0: Don't play split screen. <laughs> don't play it on split screen.
1: Oh. I, I was just going to say I just can't believe that it's so popular. It's just it's just blows my mind. I can't remember the last time a, like a video game kind of came out of nowhere like this and just kind of took over the zeitgeist,
3: especially a niche genre like CRPGs. I just that's like really what's like. I yeah. Mean, KOTOR was a big deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but KOTOR, uh, Kotor, had hype. Like more hype Star like, Wars. Star Wars too. Yeah, and Star and Wars. Star Wars as well. Like this I feel and it was on Xbox and I feel like the hype for this was so like not big <laughs> and now mm-hmm. it's like a mega a mega hit. Like it's one of those games where I'll just be walking and like I'll go to a store and like or like I'll go to like the gym and I hear people talking about it. Like it's it's happened. I'm like what the fuck? Like people are talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, it's it's blowing my mind.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it helps because it's it's so silly.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like sure it, it, is. It, it 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 it's really a hilarious game, and I think they've also capitalized it. Like uh, the 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 lady that does the narration, um, I guess oh, like yeah. on on YouTube and 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 some other platforms, they have like released outtakes, and uh, they're just gut busting.
3: Mm-hmm. I'll bet. Yeah,
2: I could totally it's believe that.
0: I, I don't know i think I, I it came out of nowhere for me i think it's it's a testament that like people like really high quality games particularly games that are kind of niche like this but like can package it in a way that's broadly accessible without like sanding off all the edges um i don't know which they, they didn't. I, I think it's
3: it feels like they, it's the full package like they didn't they didn't reduce anything right
0: right it's like the full package with like all the production values you want out of like a you know a Sony game or something or like or, sure. or out of a traditional Bioware kind of game yeah um, yeah I don't know I think I think what, what uh, we'll talk more about this later but what what the Yoshi P said is bullshit about people not Yoshi. like like this game is gonna blow the sales off of Final Fantasy 16 like 3 to 1 easily so Yoshi, Yoshi P, P is, oh. is the, the game designer of Final Fantasy 16 he said look you know I like oh, I right. like turn based games but people are not gonna young people won't play those games I've talked to them and it's just like you're wrong, <laughs> like ob- yeah. objectively wrong. The data is in. Um, Someone needs to anyway. tell
1: uh, Yoshi P to make like twenty hour long games, because his games are just way too fucking long. Dude, that
0: game would have been rad if it was a twenty hour long game. I it know. was just tight on that narrative. Got rid of all that open world bullshit. Yeah. Honed in the the battles. Like that could have been like a really killer thing. But instead, it's like this. You can't make a twenty. Hour th- doesn't one know what it is. Final
3: Fantasy, though, can you?
1: You can make a twenty-hour. action game, like a yeah, oh yeah. Five. But, but, it,
3: but not a Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy's got to be big. But that's like barely
0: a Final game. Fantasy game. We'll, we'll talk about I, this more later. That's well, yeah, fair, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not disagreeing, I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, just, we'll, just we'll feel talk like, about it more later. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll, we'll
2: talk about it. It's because it's because at at minimum fifteen hours has to be
3: cutscenes alone, so. Yeah, right. I'm all right with that. if, then, if then it's, it's Max Payne three, and you only play for like five minutes total. Uh, that's true. <laughs> if it's yeah, if it's twenty 20- uh,
0: hours, <laughs> I press start, and then it just don't game played it itself. Um, uh, Orin, tell me about Remnant two because I didn't play Remnant one, and people described it to me as Bloodborne with guns, which I'm gonna be honest. Wasn't maybe the pitch that I was looking for, but like oh. I'm intrigued. It looks cool. Yeah, like, tell me about this game.
1: Well, uh, I, I said I've said in the past that Remnant One is my favorite From Software game, not made by From Software. I just think it's mm. really like a cool take on Dark Souls, where it it, it kind of melds the gameplay of Resident Evil Four and applies it to like a Dark Souls formula. But mm-hmm. it has really intuitive co-op features as well. Like, you can play with up to three people, which is really yeah. fun. But what I love about the game is that um, I, I've seen people make arguments online that the way to play it is co-op. And though I do have a blast playing it in co-op, I think it's totally valid to play it single player as well. Um, it's just that the co-op version is going to be more like a looter shooter Destiny kind of light where Mm -hmm. you're like working together with people to take down bosses while the single player version has more of a Dark Souls feel like you're just kind of alone in this world exploring it unlocking its mysteries killing bosses killing hordes of enemies so to me they're like two different flavors and they're both equally valid but anyway I picked up Remnant 2 and uh, I gotta say I'm like 20-22 hours into it Um, I'm probably almost done with my first playthrough I do definitely want to play through it again (laughs) And I think, I think it's improved on it, the first one in pretty much every way. Like, it feels more like a triple-A game. Like, there's, like, a layer of hmm. polish to this game that the first one didn't even have, and I already loved the first one. But another thing that I'm just loving about Remnant 2 is that they've made puzzle-solving a bigger mechanic in this one. In the first game... Yeah the puzzle solving was kind of there, but not really like there's, there were some puzzles you could do, but this one really has an emphasis on, uh, du- the, the, there, there will be entire dungeons that are just puzzles and it's awesome. And the game totally <laughs> trusts the player to figure them out. Like a couple days ago, I spent like 30 minutes trying to figure out a puzzle and, and I just had to like really look like I really had to use my powers of observations to figure out the, the puzzle and it kind of made me think about so many things where it's like this game i feel like when it comes to puzzle solving and exploration you kind of have like two camps you have the from software camp which is like really obscure you have to like talk to people online about like the puzzle like how do i get this item whatever and then Mm -hmm. you have the camp that's like we're going to use yellow paint to like, you know, tell you right. what to do or like you're going to have a companion telling you how to solve the puzzle. I think Remnant 2 walks the line between those two very gracefully. And it's and I've just been so impressed with it. Like it just seems like a From Software game that is obscure still and very mysterious, but it's not hand-holdy in the way that a non-From Software game would be and it's just I don't know it's amazing that they're able to pull that off and then like to put a to put a bow on it the gun feel is awesome i just love the gun feel like Mm -hmm. i think it's the best feeling shooter third person shooter outside of the resident evil 4 remake like i just i'm just loving the guns um but yeah like there are a couple of before i open up to discussion there are like a couple of problems with the game that i think are worth addressing like um I think uh, there's three worlds um, that are mm-hmm. procedurally generated. So like, regardless of how you like, play them, like, you could get one world first or you'll get like a second world second, which is a very different way to play this type of game. Like, it's all totally procedural, and I think it's really cool that they do that. I think uh, one world in particular, which is inspired by a particular game I love, I think is hands down the best world of the three. The other two, hmm. I don't think, reach that <laughs> level in terms of its storytelling. Um, okay. So there's a little bit of inconsistency. I know that's kind of like in the eye of the beholder, but I just felt like one world was much better than the other two. Um, Bloodborne world? Bloodborne world, yeah. <laughs> it's mm. the Bloodborne world, but <laughs> the other two worlds like didn't have the same flavor as that one. Um, yeah. So mm. I personally liked the Bloodborne world the most, and I kind of felt the other two worlds, though they were good, they weren't at that level. Also, um, two other problems with the game... I think the game's first hour is a little bad. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. was kind of uh, put off by it because I think the developers were kind of worried about how they were going to dole out the systems to you. So there's like a lot of like kind of handholdy, like talk to this NPC, do this, Aww. do that. And the first 45 minutes I was like, oh, man, did they make this into a Sony game?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but once you get over that first hour, the game is like yeah. smooth sailing from there it's like it's like excellent like from beginning to end and i'm almost done with the game and i also think the game still kind of suffers from some from software problems where it's like i'm unlocking all these guns i'm finding all this armor and guns but i don't feel compelled to use any of it because i just like the armor and guns that i have already so i Hmm. just never feel the need to do to use any of the other upgrades which i feel like is also a problem with from software games in my opinion um but you know like those aside, I think it's a great, a great video game. I'm very addicted to it.
0: Okay. Can I ask a question? Because I, I'm trying to understand, is this like a game that's like uh, Borderlands, where you're fighting enemies that have lots of HP, and you have to constantly do incremental upgrades to, to kill them quicker? Like, Are there a lot of spongy enemies?
1: Uh, there, so the way it works is that you have like your low-level enemies that you can kill in a few hits sometimes Mm -hmm. he like if you have like a really powerful rifle you can even kill them in one hit um Mm. and then these bigger berserker enemies will spawn randomly throughout the level and those are the more bullet spongy ones that you have to like throw a bunch of bullets in and it's always and the game will always use a sound cue to signal Mm -hmm. that a berserker or like a heavier enemy has entered the arena so it doesn't come as a surprise um so it has like a little bit of bullet sponginess, but I think it's tasteful. Uh I, I will say I'm playing it single player currently on veteran difficulty, which is mm-hmm. like the second difficulty. Like it's it's basically like between normal and hard mode, I would say. And I've I've uh I've died a lot, but I I've never felt like the enemies were too spongy.
3: Hmm. So Can you okay. keep like your starting weapon through the whole game or is it a game where you get incremental new weapons consistently and you have to throw the old trash out
1: well I, that yeah that's why i'm saying i'm still running with the same rifle so you and have the still... gun that you okay and you
3: can <laughs> yeah. so you can upgrade that's awesome i yeah. really like when you can keep one weapon through the whole game where it's think, not like you have to get yeah. new pieces and recycle the old
1: I think it does introduce another problem where it's like I just like my pistol and rifle so much and I keep upgrading them that I don't feel compelled to use any other guns because I just <laughs> like those guns so much. <laughs> but um but it, it's it's good. I mean uh, I I've uh, I'm I'm 22 hours into the campaign something like that. I'm on the third world which is right before I I believe the final world which is not mm-hmm. like one that you get like you know, near the beginning or whatever. And I'm still engaging with it. I'm not bored at all. Um, I'm still, like, you know, super excited to start a second playthrough and co op it with somebody. So it's it's been a great time. I, I think it's, I, I'm pretty confident when I say this is like comparing this to like Wulong Fine, Fallen Dynasty, which came out earlier this year. I think this is a much better FromSoft game than Wulong was. Um, in terms of like hmm. the fromsoft clones. Uh, I I just think it's excellent
3: despite its flaws. It sounds like they've it doesn't sound like I guess what I think of when I think of a looter shooter, which is good because I don't like looter shooters really. So it sounds like they've solved like they, they have weaker enemies that you can blast and it just feels satisfying, right? And it, and it's not a consumable progression of weapons that you're always throwing in and out of. That's that's maybe I I should check it out. I should check it out. i I'll, I'll check it out maybe on sale.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would even say skip the first one and just go straight to this one. Like, not that yeah. I dislike the first one because I, I love it, but I think one this one's was better. cool,
3: but like it felt like they hadn't reached what I think they could mm. have. Like, it was the potential was there, but like it just needed polish and more iteration. For the first game, so this
1: one, this one feels le- like it, the first one feels like a rough draft. Yeah, hmm. compared to this yeah. one, um, like this one really feels like they had the budget. And the uh, experience to do what they really wanted to do with the first one, and I think it's reflected in like the uh, critic scores. Like I think it's sitting at like an 80-81 on Metacritic, and I think the first one didn't even hit eighty. So, and I'm actually mm-hmm. surprised that it's at an eighty-one. I, like me playing the game, I like I, I think the game should be higher than an eighty-one. It's one, it's one of those times where it's like, gosh, do people like really are just not connecting to this game? And I think. Um, I think, too, like, the game has some grindiness where you're, like, just shooting enemies and going and just, like, exploring terrain. But I think it's, like, a tasteful grind. It's not like Final Fantasy sixteen where it's, like, you're spending hours just fighting drones of enemies and you're, like, oh, my God, like, when will this end? Like, mm. the, like I think the grind is tasteful. It's, like, once the hordes of enemies get boring, you find a cool dungeon or you find a cool boss or you find a cool puzzle. Like there have been times where it's well paced. And like there have been times where I've just found secret bosses and I was just trying something. I'm like, oh, I should try to do this thing over there and see what happens. And like I just find a secret boss and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. (laughs) It has that FromSoft DNA in that sense.
0: How does the world like you said there's three different worlds, but like when you're in a specific world, is it kind of like like a Dark Souls 3 Bloodborne, like it's linear, but there's lots of little branches to go down, or is it more open? Like what, how is the structure of it? Is it a more linear game or more open or somewhere in the middle?
1: It's like, it's like uh, the former. It's, it's not as obscure as Dark Souls or Mm -hmm. Bloodborne. Like there, the the game like kind of like nudges you a little bit more, like to signal like, oh, this is a dungeon. Like you have a map you can look at you can see what terrain you've cleared. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit more accessible than than uh mm-hmm. like a From Software game, but I think I think it's it's done like pretty tastefully like the semi open world structure. There is one level which I thought was the weakest of the three worlds that is like a more open alien spaceship planet and I didn't that one didn't resonate with me as much. I still thought it was cool and had some cool stuff in it, but it just, uh, it was like a little too open, the level design, for my taste. I think the other two levels like did the semi linearity much more gracefully.
0: Okay. Do you have to wear a cowboy hat? No. Okay. No. <laughs> That's good. Because <laughs> uh, I was watching some videos. It looks cool, but I was like, dude, this guy's got this like uh, good, the bad, and the ugly cowboy hat on. I, I want to take that off. <laughs>
1: It's, uh, it's, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, if you just like the From Software level kind of exploration and puzzle solving, but it's like a little bit more accessible than that and like a little mm-hmm. less obscure, but on top of that, you just love Resident Evil 4 style over the shoulder shooting games where the guns feel really good. Like, mm-hmm. this game just marries those two things so well. Like, it, 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 does, right. it does it so well. I'm having such a fun time. I think this is the most fun I've had playing a video game since the Resident Evil 4 remake. Like I'm having like so much fun playing it.
0: That's good. You were getting a little uh like like you know how like when you when your brain has like a really high peak, you have like a really low low following that? Sure. I feel like you felt that after after your Resident Evil 4 binge. So Dude, I'm glad to see you've normalized.
1: Final Fantasy 16 was like, do I like video games anymore? I don't know if I like video games anymore. It's just
0: that video game i know it's
1: just that video game exactly mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right uh you guys have any more thoughts resident remnant 2 almost said resident evil 2 oh. it's
1: it's my favorite dark souls uh or it's my favorite from software game not made by from software like i just, I just this think, year or just period just period because like, my because oh, wow. okay. my first one the first one was my favorite one and this is better than the first one so
0: awesome yeah nice all right sounds good uh quickly I have been playing well okay Kevin and I were playing Octopath Traveler which we both like a lot um I did get to a point in that game where I was confronted with a bunch of story segments which each last about 45 minutes to an hour so I was like I'm gonna take a little break but I still had this RPG hunger this JRPG hunger specifically and Baldur's <laughs> Gate hadn't come out yet so I, I heard about this game, Chained Echoes, which had come to Game Pass, and it was made by one guy, though he didn't make the soundtrack. Um, and it's inspired by Xenogears and Final Fantasy VI, and a bunch of games that I, I think are uh, generally the right influences. So I checked it out and immediately was hooked and like put like 15 hours into it. It's, uh, it's, it's a JRPG, I'm not gonna get too deep in it. Like the thing that this does really, really well Combat is really, really good. Really thoughtful combat. A lot of JRPG combat can be just like press attack, wait, press attack, wait, press attack, wait. This is as you think. Okay, I have to use this. I have to. You have to constantly be shifting your strategy. Like it, it forces you to think. So it's really good in that way. And the storytelling is really good. Immediately, right off the bat, puts you in this really like forward-propelling story and just keeps going. Like 15 hours in, it's still just like it's it's just like one thing after the other. Um, I think one back person? to this. Every, yeah, one person made it, but it's, it's, um, it, like, there's an every frame is a painting video where he talks about, uh, an Orson Welles movie and, and South, the South Park creator saying, like, there's two types of storytelling, broadly speaking. Like, you could be like, this happened, and then this happened, yeah. and then this happened, and that's very boring. They're like, or you could have this more disjunctive style where it's like, this happened, but that happened, and therefore, and it's man. like, I, I this love, is,
1: I, that's at the F for fake one. That's a really good yes. video essay. Yeah.
0: I almost said an M for murder, but I was like, I know it's a letter for something, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, this game really uh, it deploys that style of storytelling like very effectively. Like just immediately, you're in this really interesting story in this cool world, and it just keeps you going. And the combat's good, and it looks really good. And I don't know, I recommend it. It's on Game Pass, um, so nice. it's, it's, it's so a cool art.
3: It's really good.
0: Yeah, it, it came out just last year. Honestly, it probably would have cracked my top ten had I played it last year came out at the end of the year december obviously i was pretty swamped and uh I, I i checked it out for a minute when it first came out but i i think it's quite good yeah so if you're looking for things
1: you're not the yeah. first person to tell me that it's good so it's good to hear that it's good
0: yeah yeah i really liked it uh, i'd say check out Chandekos. uh kevin you got to tell me about this because Everybody knows you hate the Last of Us. Mm-hmm. You're the last of Us hater. Mm-hmm. You, you you think Joel's a bastard. You think Naughty Dog I should burn. I still think that. Um, but that you, but you that's think,
1: uh, that's part of the storytelling. That's the story. Yeah. yeah.
0: But anyways, uh, continue continue with the opener. But you beat, you beat it. I you beat, beat it fast. You beat it faster than I beat it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I got it on sale, and uh, I was I just wanted to try it. You know, after playing Last of Us two. I really was hoping for a Last of Us 2 port, but I didn't get that. So I got Last of Us 1, which has got elements of Last of Us 2. Um, so Aaron's right. Long story short, I did not like the first game. I complained about it a lot, and I never played through it. I got about, I don't know, four hours in? I think of where I got to, I don't remember, first playthrough. I got, I got further than Aaron thinks, but I got I got, I got got a bit in there, but I, I don't know. I think, uh, I'm just going to say this, the tutorial of that game sucks. tutorial Mm -hmm. sucks in that game i think it sucks so much that it stopped me from playing a very good game because aaron was right it actually is a kevin game so thank you aaron by the way for that (laughs) appreciate it um i would play through the whole game i really enjoyed it actually i think it's one of the better third person whatever shooters i think (laughs) the second game is better yeah um but i do really like it still um and i do think that joel is not a nice guy (laughs) <laughs> I think I think the like story I, I don't know how I can talk about the story is it spoilers?
1: I mean it's the game has been out for so Shit's long. Shit spoiled. Shit <laughs> spoiled. HBO's spoiled.
3: It's a PS3 game.
2: I mean <laughs> yeah I've
3: yeah I that's so let's not forget it's a ps3 game Uh, so i think
1: so many people know the ending of that game at this point even people yeah i i
3: think just the the premise of uh a person being a person and then going through extreme trauma and how that affects them throughout their life and then becoming kind of a bad person and like regaining their humanity through meeting someone else i think is an interesting story and Mm -hmm. i think that the final question that that they they ask in the ending also is interesting um yeah but i think also just from a gameplay perspective uh it's definitely a lot better than my memory of the remaster. Like it, the enemies are a lot smarter, for one thing. They do the thing where they ambush you constantly. And I was trying to think of like what's the genre of The Last of Us. I don't think it's one genre. It's no, like it's couple. a mix of I guess action adventure, stealth action, and survival horror, or action and walking or- sim. Yeah, I guess that's the action adventure, action adventure adventure piece. I don't know, but I feel like it's mm-hmm. like definitely my favorite parts of it. I think are the stealth segments even though i don't play it that stealthily like just mm. the way that you can sneak around is really fun so i'm playing through the game now again on what so, so the first play through. what yeah 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 so i just did the tutorial again i just did it again and it still sucks <laughs> i like the game now like now i'm going mm-hmm. through like i like this game i this is a game i want to play i enjoy it but the tutorial still sucks i still don't like boston it. <laughs> that's yeah, boston boston is what you're talking about yeah starts, that's well, like it starts off so bad
2: <laughs> That's like slamming your hand in a drawer and then doing it again and being like, yep, that that's still painful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I, try I the thought, third time.
3: I thought like maybe like, okay, like I beat this game. I like, the sto- I like the characters. I like the story. Like coming back to it, like maybe I'll enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. But I still didn't, the tutorial still was like painful. But whatever. Um, I, The first playthrough, I skipped I skipped stealth just to get into combat because I thought the combat's fun. I think the combat loop is actually really well designed uh, in yeah. these games, which I already kind of talked about and our other podcast. Um, but now that I'm playing on high difficulty, I'm starting to get a feel for like what the game plays at a little bit of a higher level, which involves a lot of brick throwing and grabbing. Yeah. So there's been a lot of times where like enemies will come at me and I'll throw a brick and grab a guy and then like shoot his friend. Cause like a take hostage. Right. And then like crick his neck, like doing <laughs> that is really fun. I, I think that's like, a- like that kind of loop and like the strategy mm-hmm. around setting those situations up is really cool and kind of unique to last of us. I think, um, And enemies are smart. I think that uh, Last of Us 2's faction and enemy design is a lot better. I think the scars and the WLF's enemy variations and types was more fleshed out, and and the AI was more interesting, and the stealth was more compelling. I think they make a damn good stealth game. I think, like, for me, like, the stealth that I like, which is not stealth that... Well, you guys like the stealth, too, but I guess I don't like the, like, slower, planned-out stealth. of. You don't like stalking, basically. Yeah, I guess I don't like stalking. People either
0: like stalking or they don't.
3: I like the like sneak in and if shit goes loud it goes loud but like I, but like sure but play it play it kind of hidden and stuff but um yeah I I really enjoyed the game I think it's a great game I think it's like if I had to like put it up there with like the over the shoulder horror games I would definitely say that it's like better than Callisto Protocol <laughs> um, I don't know okay. like I think like that the greats Dead Space and and RE4 are better but like I would yeah. put it I would put it up like. It's, it's, it's in there somewhere, you know? It's a peer. It's a peer. How's it
0: compared to Gears of War?
3: Um, Gears of War is actually a really good comparison, because Gears of War is also like, has moments of being a scary game, especially the first game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Gears is probably better still. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. It's hard to say. The stealth, the stealth sections of this game, I think, are really good, and the, the, the timing and the rhythm of the combat is actually, I think, really a unique... I don't think it's a game that plays like this game, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think it has its own feel um yeah and that's really a cool a cool thing um is it overrated maybe is it a great game yes so but like is it the greatest game of all time like it's always like in the top greatest games ever number two yeah i think that may be a little bit much the, but yeah it's a little much. It, it's, it's a great game i think it deserves a lot of the praise it got um maybe top 25 maybe top 25 yeah Some, somewhere
0: in there um
1: I think that, um, I think part of the reason why The Last of Us is so beloved because I feel like there's a lot of like game journalists and gamers that just like don't engage with like good literature or good movies. So they're like, like, whoa, you can make a story that's morally ambiguous? That's crazy. What? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Poignancy virgins is basically what they are.
3: (laughs) I think like the character, um, growth is really well done in this game like the way they like especially for i think for joel as he starts off as a really kind of hardened just asshole just jerk to to a less (laughs) hardened jerk but he's still kind of that in the end i think i think like the 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 way the ending plays out is really like man like you double down on a lie like like you told a boldface lie and then they like asked you are you lying and you like double down on that shit you're not a good guy like you're a you're a selfish person
0: I wonder what's going to happen as a result. Of I, that. Wonder. <laughs> I wonder how does that play out?
2: How does that play <laughs> out?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a really good ending. Uh, it yeah, is. Like I had seen it on YouTube videos before I even beat it, but like going through the whole experience and seeing it in person was, was even more affecting
3: the fight just, with the fireflies is awesome.
1: Yeah. I, I think honestly The First Last of Us' ending might be just my favorite video game ending. I, th- I think it's like I think it really ties that game together like in a really great tied to way it together. I I knew someone was going to make that. I had you. But yeah, like I mean it's one of those endings that like there've been like 5 billion video essays about the ending of that game like and you know honestly it deserves it. It's a great ending that's fascinating to think about.
3: I think too, like, had I, so, like, it rem- the ending reminds me li- a little bit, I hate to bring this up again, I just bring this up, but just like, I, c- I can't imagine having seen the ending of se- of season two of Twin Peaks, having not known that there'd be a third season, but like, if I just no. saw this ending and then didn't know there was a sequel, it would, it would be like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> like, like, right, I had played two first, so I knew how things were ended up, but I think if you leave the ending on its own, it's pretty it's pretty poignant it's pretty it's pretty mm-hmm. punctual that's a it's a heavy hitter
1: oh yeah the the and I, I thought the TV show like totally flubbed it like the moment when um Joel looks at Ellie and he's like I swear I swear I'm telling the truth or whatever like like when that happens in the video game you're like oh my god yeah but in the TV show it's like oh okay hmm. whatever uh. <laughs> it was a
0: one- for-one remake too which uh, like that 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 every that uh, that whole scene was like shot for shot identical, but I agree it wasn't as powerful. Yeah. I
2: think uh I think Pedro Pascal's too likable for that
3: role. Well, yeah, that's he, a big yeah. problem. They yeah. should have got like a jerk to play him. Or daddy
0: him... Pedro. I mean, he is a jerk. He he played a jerk. Mm. Historically, he just you know, Baby Yoda. Too many cultural forces working to turn him from a jerk to a daddy. Also, maybe the right time in his life.
3: Yeah, I mean, just if you think of the like unlikable Sand Snakes, and then how great his character was in Game of Thrones. You know, just a short run, but very yeah. likable in that show.
0: Maybe, yeah, all-time one-seasoner.
3: Um, hmm. But yeah, it's a great game. I, I recommend it. So I just want to quickly mention, to the PC port. So, the PC port, if you have high-end hardware, which I have, 6800 uh, XT, high-end graphics card, modern GPU, CPU, 3D, X3D, uh, it performs great. Uh, on my laptop, 3060, laptop i7, not so great. And mm. there's no amount of editing of the settings I can get on my laptop to get performance that's consistent 60 FPS. So uh, hmm. I'm going to say the port is very playable of high end hardware. If you have mid range hardware, don't play it. On beware, yeah. yeah.
2: How long did it take you uh, to compile shaders <laughs> on your desktop?
3: My desktop was, no, that was my laptop that was that was that was 40 minutes on my desktop it's like 25
0: 20 minutes 25 uh. 20 minutes yeah you have to plan basically like
3: like launch the game go make a sandwich take a shower go to the doctor come back and you
0: have like a super state-of-the-art high-end gaming specific cpu cpu that's like only a few months old yeah to the market uh
3: cool so it's it's Yeah, it needs more work. I I will say it's a shame because it's it is the the actual game is great. I think Last of Us Part Mm -hmm. One is a much better game than the original. I think they really modernized it. Uh, You mean the the remake? The remake, yeah, Part One. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. um, And. uh, there's also, I don't know if the original had this, but you can do New Game Plus full arsenal, so you can start out with the M4 and just start blasting people. Oh, <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, uh, Can you switch the difficulty to Grounded? What yes, I'm doing you that right now.
3: Oh my god. That's my new gameplay. And then you can also play Last of Us Part 2 Droll, which is funny. So, I'm doing that Oh, really? Well. Yeah. <laughs> Will he play funny. the guitar? No. Is it- but he has, like, his longer hair and he's older. Is his head? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, no. <laughs>
4: he's, what? he's,
3: Yeah, he wears his jacket, though, and I'm, like, in Boston. It's just funny. He's all, like, winter-geared out, and it's, like, hot. (laughs) So, Mm. yeah.
1: Low-key, one (laughs) of the best ways to play, to replay Last of Us games is to, like, play it on easy mode with a full arsenal, and you have modifiers and stuff. Mm. Like, in Last of Us Part Two, there's a modifier where it's, like, if you aim, it goes into bullet-time slow-motion mode, so the game it just becomes max (laughs) pain.
3: That's, it has that. God, I actually so really want to try that. I, I, uh, I also just want to mention for, for both of these games that for a game with such a self-serious narrative, the amount of B-horror it has jammed in there is just great. Like, I just appreciate that so much. Like, just how, especially yeah. the, come on, the, the bloater kill. Mm-hmm. It, they, in sure. this game, it looks even more ridiculous. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, their eye gets all stretched out and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty satisfying. I, I, really, yeah. I really like that. I'm a fan. The zombie parts are actually good. I like them more than I did originally. They've grown on me. So, hmm. yeah, that's all. I um, that.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, glad we converted you. Yeah, now you're officially a PlayStation
3: fanboy. I am. That, Welcome that, to the that club. That you have
1: you to can play God of War one and two. No, <laughs> I, that I will not do. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> um, you can give Elia
3: a Returnal shirt in the part one as well <laughs> if you beat the game. Oh, really? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Right?
0: Uh, you know. Kevin, we were talking the other day, and you're like, Night Dive has been so fucking busy with these remasters. There's nothing left for them to remaster. And then last night, I tried to play Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, uh, Planescape, Torment, and uh, something else. And I was like, nope, there's a lot of games left for them to do. But Dark Forces, what have they been Jedi remastering? Knight. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they've got the work cut out for them.
3: Uh, so they remastered two games. Uh, let's talk about Rise of the Triad first. Uh I, I am really liking this right now. By the way, I'm playing it a lot. Um, they remastered Rise of the Triad, which is uh, Tom Hall's uh, not-Wolfenstein sequel, but it is also. Mm-hmm. It's basically Wolfenstein.
0: Cruise but ship Nazis. That's what they look like, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, they look, they look funny. They're, 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 <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, so if, if anyone even, does anyone know what Rise of the Triad is? Does anyone else play it? I, I know Aaron and I played it, because Aaron got the demo back when I was a kid, and I played it with him but did Mike or Orrin are you guys aware of Rise of the Triad?
2: Oh, yeah, I played it when it came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am Orin? not
3: aware of it, but it
1: looks cool. I like the uh, look of it.
0: Let me give you the pitch that somebody gave me at church when I was 12 <laughs> about this game. <laughs> was This is a game that when you shoot people, they beg for their life <laughs> and say, please don't shoot me. And then if you turn your back to them, they shoot you.
3: I know ah. exactly who this person is. <laughs> You're referring to. That's so funny.
2: I just remember the eyeball, like the eyeball old, on the screen, s- sliding down the screen. That was that was a great touch.
3: Ludicrous jibs.
2: Mm-hmm. Just blood so and guts everywhere.
3: The the quick backstory of Rise of the Triad. Uh, Tom Hall, one of the developers from ID, was had the Doom Bible and he had all these visions for Doom. So he was working on Doom, but apparently a lot of other people at id didn't like some of his ideas so they kept some of them but they didn't keep other ones so he got kind of frustrated john carmack john carmack and john romero apparently apparently john romero said that he didn't want to have the main character um be someone who sucks because he dies in the beginning of the (laughs) chapter so they made doom Mm guy like a total badass but um i guess that there were some internal problems and uh, tom hop went off to make uh wolfenstein successor which is called wolfenstein 2 rise of the triad but then I guess id Software pulled the plug on on the licensing for it. So then he had to re redo the game to just be called Rise the Triad. But if you look at it, it's the most World War Two ass game ever. You got MP40s. They look like total. I mean, it's not World War Two so in the literal like Nazis sense. on
0: on the Love Boat. Like that's what they look like to me.
3: Yeah, but they. I mean, their outfits look very Nazi influenced. Mm-hmm. Don't they?
0: but also cruise ship captain influenced like it's a little bit of both yeah it's, could, it's it's the nexus I see of both that. worlds.
3: <laughs> they look like dorks a lot of them just look yeah. like total dorks <laughs> but anyways the game is 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 totally a retro fps however this is the clincher mm. i think this is the important yes. piece for everyone is that it is not on the doom lineage it's not influenced by doom it doesn't doom engine it's doom engine it's not well, Doom it's engine. wolfenstein engine it's what it is yes um but the view, Bob, is the exact same as doom. which must be that it's the Wolfenstein. I don't know, but it doesn't play like doom there's no shotgun there's there's very little projectile moving or dodging. um enemies have hit scan weapons, much more of the Wolfenstein lineage, but it's such a quirky, ridiculous game, and it's the, the level design is so out there Aaron, I, allison has this 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 talk <coughs> this this, this the, you you expressed this, and I had the same thing. You have dreams about these weird. Doom like levels of just like these abstract architecture that's just totally chaos. And this game is like the most of that of all of them. Like, there's the triad is one of the most surreal looking games. Every time I play it, I'm like, <laughs> God, this game is just so trippy looking. Um, mm. And it's maps. So uh, I really am, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but I think it's, I would not recommend it to everyone, even if they're fans of boomer shooters, because it's like, it's it's archaic. It's archaic. But I think it's really fun. I I like love yeah. this, the game. Also, <laughs> you
0: can take mushrooms in it. Um, you can trip. Let's go. Like it has a very ridiculous sense of humor. God mode, you like your your hand becomes all goofy and you start shooting stuff out. It. It's like it has this like they have goofy the inverse of, of humor. God
3: mode called Dog mode where you become oh, a dog, dog and you can bite people. <laughs> <laughs> to death.
2: Oh shit! I really like uh, the unnerving photorealistic hands that they used. Mm-hmm.
3: So. I watched a video of Catacomb 3D, which was a game that it made for soft disc, and the hand is exactly... I think Rise of the Triad Hand was a reference to the Catacomb 3D hand. Mm. If you look at it,
2: it's just a fun little... It's
3: probably tidbit. like Tom
0: Hall's hand or something. Could be. <laughs> he just like took a photo
3: of it and digitized it. Who, who, um,
2: whoever has the hairiest knuckles. Yeah.
3: So the Rise Get of the Triad remake, uh, they, they, these guys went all out. We got a new episode. It was worked on by mm. um, um, uh, New Blood. Night Dive and Apogee. From what I understand, Apogee didn't do as much dev work, but I think they still did some. They might have just done the mapping, but most Hmm. of the the work was done by New Blood and Night Dive. Um, So they have the original, they have the shareware episode, which is great. I played that recently. I love it. They have the retail package, Dark War, which I plan right through right now, which is also good. There's Extreme Rot, which is completely ridiculous like it's like honestly it's ahead of its time it's like basically Mm. levels that were just made to kill you in really goofy ways it's like the precursor to mario maker or wacky modern maps but like this was made by the developers there's just tons of really ridiculous stuff in extreme rot you should go look at a playthrough of it sometime it's totally bananas Hmm. i'm playing through that right now as well and then there's the new episode by uh night dive and uh a medieval so medieval <laughs> new blood <laughs> but medieval. the medieval developer leon zwalda did do a level uh so yeah hmm. uh, if you're me if you're kevin who's a fan of all of these things uh this is a good time the port's great runs great looks great all the fun stuff
0: ultra wide support so game of the year contender fov slider um yeah i had some fun with it i only played it for like an hour though It's just too much going on right now oh, i've played it like 12 hours already i saw that you're deep in yeah
2: if I, uh, if I had the power to suggest work for Night Dive, it would be a full remake of Ultima Underworld, just mm. like they did oh, System Shock, cool. Because Ultima oh Underworld is so clunky, yeah. but yeah. such a cool idea, mm-hmm. that it really deserves
3: some love. That's that the game that influenced uh, Bethesda to become a studio, isn't it? I think I think uh, Todd Howard said that that's like a favorite game I've ever made. Hmm. If I remember correctly.
0: Makes sense. Those those games are of that same kind of immersive sim lineage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so also, Quake 2 dropped a remaster. Um Oren, you had a question about the critical appraisal of Quake 2's uh, level design, gameplay and campaign. Do you want to pose it?
1: Yeah, it this is a uh me as a layman but my impression was that quake one is the great one that people love and is influential and people you know that's the good one and quake two was somehow a disappointment with the art design and people don't like that one as much is that
3: totally off the mark that's somewhat accurate i think
0: i think I mean, we talked about Quake 1 before with Zach. He was like, do you guys love that game? And we're like, well, we love the way it looks. We love the nostalgia of it, but the gameplay can be a little clunky at times. Although, great multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I almost think this game's a little more fun to play. I don't love the setting quite as much, but I think it's it's, it's a it feels better. It's more satisfying shooting than, like, like, Quake 1 has some of the least satisfying shooting, which is shocking because it's a, you know, id game.
2: Uh, shotguns are too weak. Maybe I yeah. maybe I traveled in different circles when Quake Two came out, but it was it was pretty revolutionary. Like full on uh. mouse look. Uh, the three D graphics were incredible. Um, I think around that time I got like uh, I think it was a Savage Four uh, before I got a TNT Two video card, and like mm. the night and day difference <laughs> when you switch to like a real three D. GPU at that time it was I mean it was incredible Uh, we used to run all of our benchmarks like anytime we'd upgrade a part like uh, the Quake 2 time demo was what we did I only think it was shortly lived because Half-Life came out and then that completely turned everyone's heads no one talked about Quake 2 after that but it was it was like everybody loved the engine Um like how it played, uh, like the technology
3: of it. Can we just say that in the '90s we were like extremely spoiled? We didn't know how good we had it. The amount of technological leaps and things that were happening in that in that decade just—it was absolutely. like every
1: year, like every, every year. was like
0: every six months, you'd be like see a game that was like three generations in what we'd see now worth of yeah. improvement. Um, yeah, I remember people liking Quake Two. Like I, I didn't have a, a good PC at the time, so I couldn't run it. Um, but I, I put it on PlayStation it for One. Placed, yeah, PlayStation One. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know, I, I think just the the consensus has been maybe that the campaign wasn't. I think people still think Doom is 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 their best campaigns, which I, I'm right there with that. But I, Kevin and I played this, and it was actually way more fun than I would have given it credit.
2: I do feel like Quake <clears throat> Two was kind of around the time where uh, its software started to feel like an engine company versus a game mm-hmm. company where it was like you would see quake 2 and quake 3 and you would just think like I can't wait till someone else takes this engine and does something cool with it you never really
3: thought which they did yeah, which <laughs> yeah which, which, which is exactly
2: what happened
0: um, yeah also worth mentioning that John Romero had been fired right so he was sort of their lead driving creative force after quake one was finished so he didn't work on this game mm-hmm. so it was just John Carmack and the rest of the people there, but but John Romero, the, the driving creative force uh was, was gone. So different team.
3: I um I I agree with everything. <clears throat> Basically everyone said uh Quake Two was uh, really where uh, Tim Willits took charge. Um mm. he joined Master Levels of Doom Two when I saw him at Quake or I saw him at E three I was like, Hey man, Master Levels of Doom Two, right? And he was like, Yeah, way back. You're going all the way back <laughs> 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 But uh I think that was this was like the first game that he like was the lead designer on, so it's kind of like okay. his 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 baby. Uh, hmm. I really like the Tim Willits era of it as well, so I'm a fan. But anyways, I think Quake Two is great, and I think actually like when, I, when Mike and I played through it, which was what was that, about two years ago? I think so, yeah. I I remember we both were like, wow, this game was this, yeah, this was, game's awesome.
2: It was still fun.
3: It was really fun, and I think it was uh, honestly ahead of its time and, and a lot of. A lot of ways that, like, I think it didn't get due for, mm-hmm. particularly yeah. the the, the railgun. Like, we got the railgun. No, like, it insane. was like this game is just like so fun. We
2: were just mowing through stuff. It was yeah. yeah it was it was a blast.
3: You can play quake too, kind of like a little bit tactful shooter too. You can like crouch behind stuff and block. Like, it doesn't have to be fast paced. It's like the first game I think that you can play it kind of like a little differently. So there's a lot, and I, I just also like just to talk about. The night dive stuff. I think this is night dive's best project they've, they've ever done, in my opinion. Like, I'm, I'm already, but just, wait, wait, wait,
0: remaster project like better than System Shock Remake.
3: Yeah, I love, I think this wow. is wow. I, th- I think that that's I don't know it. about that. <laughs> I like a system okay. shock remake. I'm having a lot of issues with it because hmm. the difficulty, I think it's not quite balanced right. Yeah. Um, Agreed. but the amount of work they put into this re- remaster is, is ridiculous. I mean. They added breadcrumbs. So every map mm-hmm. you now can find... Because the game has a big Metroidvania map. They added So you can, you can basically find where you need to go if you ever get lost, which you will because you always yeah. get lost yeah. in these games. That was so, the problem
0: with our... When we tried to play it before, we'd always get lost. we be like, wait, where the fuck? And we end up like walking back three levels and be like, everybody's dead. Where are we going? And like, I think that actually fixes the biggest flaw with the game.
3: Huh. Yeah, it does. I completely agree. Um, they, they redid the enemy AI... So the enemies now have new abilities and they're smarter. Mm. Um, so they basically managed to like iterate on the game to, to 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 bring it up to some some polished things that it needed. Um, they read all the the enemy models too, which look a lot better. They look like, but they still look like right. And Machine Games did a whole new episode, which is like totally doesn't look like Quake Two sometimes. Oh, um, that's really good. Aaron yeah, they did that,
0: that with Quake One. The Machine Games stuff is so good. It's
3: really. really um, you can play it local co-op on your couch, on your PC. You can even play local co-op on your couch online. You can take two people or three people online. So just the amount of uh, features they put into this. They also reverse-engineered Doom 64 or Quake 2 which is also its own episode. So I just feel like the amount of uh, effort in for games preservation uh, and all that stuff. I just think they they've they've killed it. I'm I'm very very impressed with it. I really like it. I haven't even been playing it too much because I'm playing Master of the Triad right now, but I'm going to dive into it very soon
0: do it at night um you, yeah you, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun
3: do you think
1: that the all these quake remasters are preparing us for something coming with quake Hopefully. i hope so yeah that would be so cool
3: i hope so too oh,
0: man isn't uh QuakeCon going on like right now yeah i'm hoping Is for there... announcement tomorrow or today yeah Yeah, just start hitting Reload on PCGamer.com. Quake Um, 5.
1: I think it's
0: fun. I I think you would have fun with this, Oren. I think the multiplayer is actually really fun. They made a new multiplayer package. The multiplayer is, I think, better than Quake 1 because it has the railgun and and the maps are a little more thoughtfully designed for multiplayer. And it's got Capture the Flag just natively. And it's... It's good. It's good shit. They did a really good job. They added a really nice CRT shader that gives a real authentic CRT feeling, huh. which you could you could turn on. It's better for the Quake two sixty four than the regular Quake two because they updated the textures and models so much that you don't really need that, but yeah. it's good.
1: It's yeah, I want to check it out. Game pass, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Uh Orin. Yes. What is Viewfinder?
1: Oh my gosh, we've gotten to Viewfinder. Um, Yeah, I'll keep this uh, one quick. But um, Viewfinder is an indie game that kind of also sort of came out of nowhere. Though I talked to Zach, frequent guest of the show, and he told me that he saw this game previewed a long time ago. Um, I must have completely missed that. But uh, Viewfinder is like a really neat game if you love games like Portal or like Braid. Just, like, um, these, oh. like, four to five hour long indie games that have, like, a central puzzle mechanic attached to them. And, hmm. and I think Viewfinder, like, I beat it in, like, two settings. I think, yeah, my playtime was, like, four hours long. So not seen a, this game. Not a big commitment, but it's just a, a really cool game to play where you're just like, wow, how, did, how do we have the technology to do this kind of stuff now? Because... The whole concept is that you have like a little viewfinder, a little camera, and uh, you can like take pictures of landscapes, and then you could take that photo and apply it somewhere else, and then you literally impose the image onto the landscape. It's it's kind of hard to explain, but when you see it in motion, it's like really neat, and um it, and it, it's just it's just a really cool puzzle game. I don't think it has hmm. um, the story of Portal or the story of Braid so it's not quite at that level with the story but I think it makes up for it with like really cool puzzles that are kind of thrilling to solve um so I highly recommend Viewfinder it's in in a year that's full of like 100 hour games that are really hard to like drop everything to play this is like a great two sitting game that I recommend to pretty much anyone it's just a cool game
3: The, cool. Uh, it looks good. Can you can you view find anything, or is it only specific objects?
1: You can take pictures of anything in the. And world. And it will print
3: it out in three D space. You can explore it.
1: Yeah, like oh, that's it's, impressive technology. It's like really honestly, it's worth playing just for the technology. Like I, I yeah. was, I was really blown away with it. Like you could take, like a barcode. Like, you can find a barcode, and then you impose it on the landscape, and then you can, like, walk through the barcode and find stuff. It's so weird, but it's so cool that they're able to pull this off, and it's, like, so seamless. There's no load times. Um, It's it's a really – it's kind of like playing through Portal for the first time back in 2007, and you're like, whoa, I could do this? That's crazy. (laughs) It's, like, the same kind of feeling. Like, wow, Hmm. this is so cool that I'm doing this you
0: played cool. it on p s five
1: I played it on p s five but it's also on p c not on xbox mm. i believe ooh so but yeah definitely definitely gonna be in my top ten like it's a really hmm. cool game like I'd put it in my top ten over dredge, which I also liked
0: oh really interesting um I, thought it was I better, appreciate Oren. That each year you've put some some straight puzzle games in your top ten like no shooting, nobody's dying, no, no, no big crazy fantasy narrative. It's, this is this is this is showing signs of uh, breath, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, like there's the two Orans, one that likes to shoot stuff, but I ever <laughs> since I played through the first Resident Evil, the 2002 one, uh, the remake that is, like I kind of fell in love with games that have really interesting puzzle and puzzle design. So mm-hmm. I always try to seek them out. Um, so. That's why I'm loving what Remnant 2 is doing. That's why I'm lo- loving what Viewfinder is doing. Even Immortality last year had some really cool puzzle-solving oh, yeah. su- puzzle stuff. Like I-, I love that shit.
2: Awesome. I think it's really important to have games that don't have violence. Mm. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, like, I have kids. They're older. I let them play a lot of things. Uh, but... I always appreciate when I can have something that's engaging, compelling, and also not full of shooting humans.
1: Yeah, man, Viewfinder is like, yeah, it's like four to five hours long, you know? And it's it's totally worth your time. It's, I mean, like, I, I, I'm just so overwhelmed with like the amount of 100 hour games <laughs> that are combat focused and violent. Like it kind of, I get kind of shell-shocked after a while playing them. Mm. Like even playing a game like Final Fantasy, it's like that game has a lot of violence in it. It was kind of shell-shocking and it's like, am I just like an animal who's just playing these things just because I want to fulfill this urge to kill? So playing a game like Viewfinder that is able to hold my interest from beginning to end without having any violence is like so nice. <laughs> So nice, it's also why I loved Power Wash Simulator from last year. I was like, "Oh, a shooter without Mm. violence! Amazing!" Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. (laughs) Viewfinder, right? Play it.
0: Viewfinder sounds rad. I think I'm probably gonna check it out. Um, Play it played well with a controller, right? I mean, it seems like it would because you're just like aiming and taking pictures.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only flaw with the game is that i just thought the story was hinting at being more interesting than it actually was um mm. so that was like a little bit of a letdown and kind of like maybe keeps it from being like a portal or like a talos principle level puzzle game because talos principle had a really cool story um yeah but i think again the gameplay it's worth it just for the gameplay it's amazing
0: all right that's awesome. Can you guys believe that we made it through all of these games that we had on here?
2: It was quite the list. It was quite the that list. That was a list.
0: I blame I blame me, but um I, I take responsibility, I should say. Uh But all right, Oren, what's our topic this week?
1: Well, you know, like we've been living in a pretty big RPG summer, you know. Mm-hmm. It it kind of kicked off with The Legend of Zelda. But we've been seeing like Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16. Um, we have the Cyberpunk DLC on the horizon. Um, there's just been like a lot. Oh yeah, Octopath Traveler 2 earlier this year. There have been a mm-hmm. lot of RPGs. Like you could say this is the year of the RPG. So I kind of wanted to pose a question: like, what makes a great RPG in 2023? because we've seen a lot of them and they've taken a lot of different forms and i just kind of wanted us to sit back and think about like what are the elements of your favorite rpgs in 2023 when does an rpg fall short and um i also see Aaron you put here like mo- moving towards the middle versus niche like what's a niche rpg what's like you know like a happy medium um So, and we have, like, a list of case studies, like, we got Diablo 4, Final Fantasy, 16, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Octopath Traveler 2, Cyberpunk, um, Tactics Ogre Reborn, Remnant 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Disco Elysium, Hades, like, Elden Ring. It's, like, all these games that have come out in the past few years, it's, like, they're all games that are RPGs to a certain extent. Looking at, like, this list of games and others, like, what makes a great RPG in 2023?
4: Hmm.
3: It's a good question.
2: Um, I actually, actually yeah. have some difficulty with this question, uh, mostly mm-hmm. because, to me, RPG is too broad of a term. Yeah. Um, because there, there's, you know, I've already said it before, but there's CRPG, right? Computer RPG. Um, that, that has a set of uh, features and criteria that make it different than an action RPG. Uh, and then you have, like, JRPG. Uh, and even... Uh,
0: tactical RPG.
2: Tactical r- RPG. Uh, so I think just due to recency bias, I probably focused on CRPG because I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 um, of what I considered you know, elements that make a great RPG. I think it applies to the others as well. But for me, I was kind of focusing on CRPG.
0: Yeah. Do we want to quickly kind of delineate the difference? I think there's like a really easy dividing line. Like the JRPG means Japanese RPG, but it doesn't have to be made in Japan and not every, not every RPG made in Japan is Japanese RPG, right? Like FromSoft games are not JRPGs, but like JRPGs are sort of self referential, like Dragon Warrior came out and then games started taking influence more from Dragon Warrior and anime than anything else. Whereas like Western RPGs are often influenced by board games, particularly CRPGs. not to say there aren't some JRPGs that are very like systems heavy and influenced more by pen and paper, but like that—that uh, that, that is like like the the JRPG is a more linear, narrative focused thing, generally uh, than the CRPGs. This, am I muddling this or am I making sense?
3: Western here? RPG, you make a character. JRPG, you don't make a character. <laughs> it's like right. It's a and big Western
0: one. Western RPG, you tend to have agency over the narrative. You can just there's yeah dialogue options and stuff. Right. Um, and they're more about their systems, maybe. Not to say that JRPGs can't be, but like, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I would say CRPGs are systems-driven to a fault. Uh, it's mm. it's sure. heavily Agreed. based on Agreed. character stats, dice rolling. I mean, in the background, there is a random number generator, and if you get a one, mm-hmm. you fail. If you get a twenty, you 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 critically fail with the one. You critically succeed with the twenty, for example. Whereas uh, it. It seems like other RPG genres don't have those critical failure points.
3: Also oh, MMORPGs.
0: Oh, yeah, MMORPGs. Um, but, like, let's quickly tear apart the difference between, like, an action RPG and, like, a CRPG or even... Like, like an action RPG, some amount of player skill yeah. determines outcomes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Presumably. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, a CRPG, like your skill is is strategic thinking, tactical planning, but not like timing or, or reflexes. Right. It's
2: not it's not how fast you can click. It's really about the preparation and using the 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 stats your characters have to your advantage. Whereas an action RPG for example in Dark Souls, you can you can play the whole thing and beat it as soul level 1, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: Uh, I think it's funny I've been playing Street Fighter 6 like crazy and I can just like see the lineage of like action games coming from honestly I think Street Fighter Capcom like I think the the, like whiff punish hit not Mm -hmm. hit like all Mm -hmm. of that is so essential to what makes action at least from soft action RPGs maybe not Diablo because it doesn't really seem like that's what those games are about but uh, and the thing is, is like ARPG and like action RPG, like Diablo and FromSoft games, couldn't be more different. Like they're not right. even remotely similar. So like, it's I don't know. The thing with RPGs is, is tricky. Is like I've actually spent more time playing RPGs than any video game genre. Like if I was to hmm. count all of my RPG time, MMO and FromSoft, pff, that blows everything out of the water. Like by yeah. miles. So it's it's a really a <laughs> it's a big topic. To, uh, to talk about, but I'm excited to, to talk about it.
1: Well, like, what... H- how about this? Maybe before we even say, like, what our elements of our favorite RPGs are, like, what about, like, you know, because I feel like it's easier for me to identify what I don't like about an RPG, and I think it's partly because it's, like, fresh in my mind. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 16. Um, I think Final Fantasy 16. E- has a lot of elements that I went like when an RPG falls short for me. And I think with final fantasy 16, it's just that the game is like 60 to 70 hours long. And I never really felt after a certain point, like I was improving my play style and like, I could just kind of do the same thing and spam the same attacks over and over again. And I still like, would just never die. And I and and it's like after doing that, like it, that's fine for like ten to twenty hours, but once you get to like the fifty, sixty hour mark, the gameplay isn't evolving, and and on top of that, like the story's momentum has like completely plateaued. Like I just feel like it's becoming and then storytelling. I'm not really engaging with the story anymore. Like when there's no escalation in the storytelling or the gameplay that's when an rpg falls short for me
0: hmm yeah uh i i think um i think with final fantasy 16 it really didn't need to be an rpg and it's worth pointing out obviously that categories are porous and fungible and and, and loose and can be interpreted in different ways so we're just trying to talk about what people generally mean when they mean these things and not be like you know the dictionary but um I don't know that Final Fantasy sixteen benefited in any way from being an RPG. And I think that's true of a lot of games these days. Um, because, like, so many games have RPG mechanics. Call of Duty has RPG mechanics, right? You, you level up and you get gear and you can unlock stuff. And um, I, I kind of wish think these things could be a little little less uh or a little more discreet i guess like i I don't need rpg mechanics and everything i think final fantasy 16 would have been super effective had it just been a character action game with the same story but condensed and more focused
1: yeah i just think it's uh I, i just think i think like an rpg i just need like for me to engage with an rpg from beginning to end it just needs stuff like uh, Elden Ring is a great example. Like I felt like I was constantly improving my character and play style for like the hundred or so hours I was playing it, and I think that kind of meaningful progression really keeps me invested in an RPG. But when it when I didn't feel that with Final Fantasy sixteen, it really hurt the momentum of that game.
2: Hmm. That's that's how I feel about Ubisoft games. Mm. Where you're leveling, but it doesn't matter, and there's no yeah. there's no point to it. Uh, and I think that is something that does make a great RPG is when your 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 progression matters.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think for me the thing that I mean I always complain about it, is just the like the, the loot focus loot obsession loot progression like if the game is about that that's when it doesn't work for me like if that, if that's in the game and it doesn't impact the gameplay in a negative way which is rare for action games I don't like it I think it worked in WoW right I thought it worked really well in WoW It works um, in turn-based games really well because you're not yeah
0: because the only thing that's determining how much better you you perform is your loot and your your stats
3: Yeah, yeah. but when you have a real-time combat focus it, it can but it's not always the case because like it works great in front games um, I think for me like I, Does I it
0: I, though let's talk about that in a
3: minute absolutely <laughs> okay I'm and I would love to have the conversation yes Um, I guess I was thinking about for me like things that that really work well for me in RPGs are like meaningful decisions mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. lovable characters systems that benefit or enhance my gameplay and also Great music. <laughs> That's like yeah. the, the yeah, good music. music is like such an important part. I think of RPGs. Like I always thought JRPGs. That was like a pillar of JRPGs. But it's actually not just JRPGs. It's just an RPG thing. I think the the music needs to really enrapture you in the universe. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a, that was a big problem with Final Fantasy 16 for me was the music. Believe it or not, because. The music is great, but they kept playing the same music for, like, every boss fight. And I was Uh. like, why are you playing the same (laughs) fucking track for every boss fight? I, like, couldn't take it. But anyway, sorry. Side note.
2: Uh, I'm just going to run through my list because it was was fairly close to what Kevin had just said. And I think it it bears repeating. Uh, So for me, like, some great elements of an RPG is agency. Right, like you have control over the story, you have control over your character, you have control over your actions. Choices um, matter, like they actually matter. Um, as in, you can get a different ending, you can piss people off, you can n- not even expose yourself to an entire story branch. Um, deep systems that interact, and I think we talked a lot about like what Baldur's Gate 3 does, like how you can play with the environment, push people off ledges. But I also think FromSoft and to me, Bloodborne is probably the best example of very consistent uh, systems and mechanics. Like, for example, Serrated Edge versus a, a blunt weapon, um, fire you know, versus hairy monsters, electricity versus aliens. You know, it's just it, it has all so of these awesome. and, and they're, they're consistent. But they all play a role, right? Like your your armor class in Boulder's Gate, you know what, what you're wearing, where you're standing. Are you standing in water? Are you standing on land? Um, those are things that, that I think really, really matter. Um, quest triggers are resilient. Uh, there's nothing worse, and I think this happened to me a lot in The Witcher, and The Witcher Three. You would accidentally stumble across an area or a character that you should not have stumbled across, and it abruptly triggered a quest that you didn't even Mm. know you were a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think finally it should be fun, which is probably Mm. the most shocking thing, but uh, (laughs) I want to actually enjoy my time. Mm.
4: Agreed.
1: I think think that last point is actually really important because I'm thinking, like I know Hades is technically a roguelike, but it's also, you know, an RPG. It could be defined that way. But one thing I love about Hades is that um the upgrades are really fast and like the progression is like really intuitive and fast but it's also just fun to play like it like just clearing out a room of guys in like 3 seconds or 5 seconds when before it took you like 30 or 40 seconds just because you're getting better and you're you know your upgrade get prog- the upgrade progression better like that gameplay feel i think is underrated for RPGs
3: Yeah, I agree. It's
0: important. Good points. Good points. Um, I don't know. I I think when it comes to like a JRPG, Kevin's saying the music maybe has to be the best thing. The the story has to be good and like really tight, not with a lot of like really well paced and the combat has to keep you thinking because like I said, a lot of JRPGs, I guess I'm very like, like I like like 5% of JRPGs and I kind of strongly dislike the other 95%, but the 5% I like, I really like. Sure. Uh, but with like, with like a CRPG, right? I love just like the feeling of being like you're in the holodeck is like what I said with, with Bald, Baldur's Gate. Like you could just interact in so many ways and it consistently feels meaningful. Um, and it rewards you for thinking, but like solving puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. In in a creative way or in a way that you think is interesting. Um, you
2: usually gain more experience not battling. Yeah. yeah. Which which i think is 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 a great way to balance out like especially you know like for example you have a high charisma you could talk your way out of so many battles um but that that shouldn't be at a detriment to your progression so they tend to reward you when you find a creative way out of a situation versus just you know uh killing everything that moves
3: mm. i also think um <clears throat> I think the story is important in a lot of different ways for RPGs. But RPG, like, really more than any genre, like, the story can be make or break. Like, Baldur's Gate, I'm sure, has a great main narrative, but, like, the player story that happens there is incredible. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, same with World of Warcraft. like. Like there's a overarching plot of like dragons are on dead taking over the world and that that's fine. But like I don't care about that. I care about like what was the story of the instance from we did last night? Like how did that happen? like what happened there, right? Like there's tons of fun stories there that happened, or even like our way to the instance, PvPing people on the way ganking them were getting killed. Like that player story I think is really important for RPGs, but also like are my companions in my party do I like them? Are they fun? Are they interesting characters? Like do I have a connection with them? Like do I see character growth between me and them happening, right? And how does that interact with the overarching story? Can I actually have agency over the ending? Or is it going to be three buttons that I can press that will all have the same outcome? Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. RPG is a big genre. It's a lot of elements. Well, yeah, yeah. In and in a lot of genres.
0: Um, yeah. L- let me explain what I meant by this, this thing and I hear what you guys think. Moving towards the middle of the niche, I, I, a lot of... You, you look at Bioware, right? Bioware starts, they make these really classical CRPGs, and then as they keep going, they sort of, like, become a little more mass market, maybe. They they, they, they dumb down some of the systems, or they just, you know, they make it more action. They move more towards action RPGs, and people love Mass Effect. Um, but, like, there is a tendency to, to label this moving towards the middle, as I'll call it, as progress, as opposed to just like one direction, one could go.
2: That was kind of my, my biggest that? problem between Mass Effect 1 and 2.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Was
2: they dumped a lot of the RPG elements that I actually liked a lot. And yeah, it just felt... It felt too accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, to where I just felt like it kind of made it generic. Like it was, it, it was... It was so compromised that all of the uniqueness kind of kind of left it in a sense. The story was still great, right? Like I still like the world, I still like the characters, but as far as like like a, a lot of the systems and details that you know made one a lot more fun for me, uh, it was it was it was very disappointing that they were gone. Yeah, so I it, felt the
3: same way. I, it's funny, I, I didn't feel that way back in the day. I liked Mass Effect Two more because I felt like it had a way better game feel, which. I maybe is true it with 1 and 2 but with the legendary edition I felt the opposite. I feel like 2 actually mm. played worse. So interesting. I I don't now I'm like I don't even know but I think the tonal shift between 1 and 2 was also massive. But I agree with what what the premise of Aaron had which is that the go, becoming more action focused and and having a higher I would say higher fidelity presentation of the story as well. Um I think is not necessarily progress, but it is a direction. But it's a direction I like. I'm finally yeah, in that direction yeah. existing. And Mass Effect's like my favorite Bioware game. So, yeah, it is. I, um, think, it, so, I think that's also a function of technology.
2: Yeah, right? right? Like, earlier, er, earlier CRPGs, like, you couldn't have great action because it literally wasn't capable of it.
3: Yeah. It's true. It's also, like... I think of Mass Effect as, like, the most, like, quintessential 7th generation game. Like, that video that Kroby Cat made of, like, all the best 7th gen games, like, 95% <laughs> of them were shooters. Yeah. And, like, yeah, if you were a fan of shooters, that was, like, the console for you. So, that's probably why I mm-hmm. think I had to go ahead, such a good time. Um, but that game was, like, you know, I think the game set a lot of the, the prestige game path started. Don't you think so? Mass Effect, like, the first one? Third-person yeah, yeah. action cover yeah. game? that with, like, high-quality storytelling? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah a lot of those
0: too. games i i just worry that there's like a a tendency to label every genre turning into a third person action game as progress and it's like third person action action games rock but like so do other other styles yeah, of yeah definitely
3: i don't think that i think it, like the homogenization is a problem i don't think they should yeah. all be third person action games because that's not always fun <laughs> They are fun but like every game doesn't need to be that mm. i think well, that's why baller's gate 3 has been successful Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I was gonna say like I feel like this is the year where like that thesis is being disproved because Diablo 4 was super popular Baldur's Gate 3 is super popular Um, Octopath Traveler 2 is you know people love that game Um, so I don't think it's you know honestly I would even think that last year like that would be more of an existential question of like oh my gosh why are developers moving away from the style of game but I think this is the year where it's kind of made a huge comeback
3: Is Zelda an RPG? That's a weird question
0: that it literally goes back to like me being you know, 17 years old on N64.com reading about Ocarina of Time but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I, I want to say that it's not in, in the specific sense but is maybe in the very very broad sense like, it doesn't do a lot of the things that I think of, but it is, like, a grand open adventure mm. in a sort of quasi-medieval setting. What do you guys think?
2: I kind of see it just more as a action game. Yeah. Like a platformer not. I, I, I mean, I've only played, what, an hour or two? So I don't... I'm not, like, super mm. invested. But it doesn't really come off as, like, an RPG to me. Yeah, it's
1: probably more of like, an RPG than Final Fantasy sixteen. So
3: <laughs> maybe I feel like uh, Zelda as a franchise is like the like cornerstone influence of the RPG genre. Like people ask them, like, "Oh, what's what's an influence on this game?" I'm like, "Oh, Zelda was a huge influence." Like they always will reference Zelda as like a massive influence on like their big hmm. open game. So I think like Zelda's scope, if nothing else, was a huge influence. But like, on oh, game, what games
0: do you mean? Like uh, open world like, games? Yeah,
3: open world games. Um, I mean, a lot of, whenever they say, like, oh, we're AAA, what's the game you're influenced by, Zelda? Yeah, like, they're they yeah. like, what do you think about Zelda Breath of the Wild being influenced by Dark Souls Miyazaki. He's like, oh, well, I mean, Zelda's, the, like, just a template for 3D action games in general. So, like, we're all influenced by Zelda, whether we like it too or not. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think he's right. <laughs> so I think Zelda's just, right. like, a fundamental influence that we can't deny. I don't really feel like it plays like an RPG, though. Yeah. Just a big open-world game.
1: Yeah, yeah. So saying that you're like influenced by Zelda as a game designer is like asking someone have you are you influenced by Stanley Kubrick it's like yeah of course you're Did you like Citizen Kane yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't not be right
1: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah um, hmm interesting
1: I would almost throw out that Hitman Freelancer is actually like an RPG even more so than some of the games on this list
3: don't you think, like, from the play agency perspective, it's, like, definitely closer to a CRPG? And just, just on that line, not the gameplay or anything else, just the, like, amount of ways you can solve a problem in Hitman. Dude, is, like, similar. I was
0: having Hitman flashbacks while playing Baldur's Gate because I was, like, oh, I was doing some Hitman-ass stuff, like, luring people to private yeah. rooms so I could assassinate them. Is it because
3: <laughs> uh, the immersive sim influence on that game and immersive sims are, like, totally going for CRPG? Systems, yeah. yeah, all this stuff goes back Definitely. to
0: Ultima 7 and Ultima Underworld. I feel like, yeah,
1: it's just yeah, fun. It's nice. just funny. It's like if we call sorry to keep you know shitting on this game, but if it if we're calling Final Fantasy 16 an RPG, <laughs> like so many other games are RPGs, right? Like, K Man Freelancer is more of an RPG than Final Fantasy 16. I'm sorry, it just is, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so like
0: Rogue was like an RPG, right? The original roguelike. Right. Is, is, is a dungeon crawling game so like I think any roguelike has some RPG elements that's why I think it's like so many games are loosely RPGs these days because there's so much RPG elements in, in games that you wouldn't normally have had it a few years back like even Doom Eternal has RPG elements right Right. your, your health goes up your armor goes up mm-hmm. <clears throat> shouldn't have
2: it's a very broad term shouldn't have it's a very broad what term. yeah it's like yeah. it's like saying what is an action game
0: yeah um, what was I gonna say uh, you
3: said that you didn't like the from RPG mechanics
0: Oh let's talk about that yeah no, it's not that I don't like it obviously I fucking love Dark Souls right like it's, it's my my favorite it's my number one game of all time but but I feel like there there is this this space where like so okay you look at Diablo Diablo is an action RPG but it's not so much about your execution as it is about like, making a build and then like layering your your cooldowns and stuff right like yeah. but it's not like you need to have like perfect reaction times in diablo um but dark souls is a game where like the player response times and, and your you know your player skill your raw kinesthetic skills matter a lot and i don't know i feel like Sekiro is their best is is, is their best game like maybe not my favorite but i think it's their best game because it has the least RPG mechanics it's like the most it does the things that I like about some of the things not all the things but like it does some of the things about the combat and the actionness of all the FromSoft games better because it has the least
2: amount of RPG elements in my opinion that's what I liked least about Sekiro really yeah uh, I didn't I didn't really like how leveling was just like oh, I just I just go up a level you know it's like mm-hmm. it's like Mass Effect 2 I just I don't know I just go up a level and mm-hmm. my health increases um, I, I really like those, those details. I, I, I really like upgrading a weapon from, you know, plus one to plus N. I really like infusing a weapon and switching it out when I'm battling a certain type of enemy. Like those are, those are the things that I just thrive off of. mm
4: Uh,
1: I, as someone who's kind of more in the middle, cause I think Sekiro is like probably a top three from soft game. Like I think, I think, uh, the reason why I love I love Elden Ring or like a Bloodborne more is I think those games kind of like maintain a level of mystery and exploration and puzzle solving that I just don't think Sekiro ever really attains. And I think it's because they strip back a lot of the RPG-ness of the game to make it more hmm. of an action game. And I mm-hmm. think that's cool, but... Like I think what makes something like Bloodborne so memorable is are all of those other elements.
0: So yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, and I think you could potentially have a game that had that level of exploration and discovery without as many of the RPG elements. It, it is an interesting because I, I totally get why upgrading your weapon and seeing it tangibly do more damage is just super satisfying every time. Um, I guess the thing that 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 for me sometimes, and it's not that I don't like it, because I, 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 you know, I think Elden Ring's incredible. I think all the Dark Souls games are incredible. Is when I feel like, oh, I beat this boss too much because I leveled up too much. Like, like mm-hmm. I didn't have to learn anything. Like, oh, I just destroyed this boss because I just, you know, I hit him at the wrong point, or I can't even do any damage to this boss because my levels, my my sword's too weak. You know, I'm just doing chip damage every hit.
1: Yeah. Mm. No, I feel you. I think. Um one thing there are there are actually a couple of things about from software's design philosophy that I think they could still really improve on like I just don't I still think it needs to be more intuitive like if you wanna change your build like it shouldn't be so hard to like just upgrade a new weapon, you know. Like, every time I play Elden Ring or, like, a Bloodborne-style game, I usually just find a weapon I like, and I just max out the stats on that weapon, and I never feel like I want to experiment, because I don't want to bother having to upgrade another weapon again and find all this material that's, like, hard to find. And I think... Okay. I kind of think that Sekiro does that better than those games, Hmm. because... They get rid of that completely. So yeah, I, I was to I mean. say,
2: it's because it doesn't exist. There is no exactly. Building,
1: right? <laughs> so in some ways, is... Sekiro is the best one in that sense. Yeah, and in, <laughs> and in
2: the and the in the FromSoft category, uh, that's the part I dread the most. When it's like, I read an article about a weapon or something, and I'm like, oh, I, I I totally want to do a builder on that. See, that's it's like 20 hours of new game. You know, exactly. <laughs> and, and like, you don't max it out until the very end. Uh, mm. It's it's a little frustrating.
0: I yeah, have a lot to
3: say about this topic. I feel like I, could, I uh, could.
0: Let me quickly chime in, and I'll let you. I'll, okay. I'll get out of your way. Okay. That's one reason why I think Dark Souls is still my favorite of their their pure RPGs, just because there's only like twelve weapons in the whole game, or something, or maybe there's a few more. Than that. But there's enough that you could you could reasonably have every weapon upgraded, most of the way that it's useful without having to like seriously invest in it because you can buy most of the mats. Um,
2: there's there's a ton of weapons, but there's only like six different types right because they all share the same moveset
0: yeah yeah
1: i just hate the feeling of like finding a weapon and then just being like like you spend a lot of time in a from software game trying to find like a new weapon or like discover a new secret and then you just look at it and you're like i'm never going to use that weapon you know (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that happens to me all the time Or like Elden Ring, I think, is maybe the worst culprit. Like Elden Ring, there's like so many items I'll pick up in that game, and I'll just be like, "Well, I guess I'll just sell them to the merchant because I'm never going to use them."
2: I never <laughs> craft once. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I crafted so much in that game. Uh, but, yeah. I, can I, say ne- that. I it, never. Craft. There's so much stuff; it's fatiguing.
2: <laughs> and then, like the uh, the uh, disappointment when you fully upgrade a weapon that you thought was going to be cool, and it's just it doesn't work out. Like, like mm. either the timing is bad or the damage output is like not as high as something else, and you just feel like, yeah. Blue. Or you the know.
0: patch notes roll unfavorably.
2: Right.
3: <laughs> so I've played a lot of Elden Ring, as so has Mike has, obviously, and I spent a lot of time doing builds and just mm-hmm. nerding out on the RPG systems of this game. Mm-hmm. And now 500 hours in, I'm still learning more about it. I have to say the RPG mechanics of Elden Ring in particular are so in-depth that I'm blown away still Mm -hmm. so I'm doing level 1 playthrough right now I'm not trying to brag, I'm like oh I'm so good but I'm doing level 1 playthrough right now and I realized that there's a talisman that reduces the amount of damage you take by 30% so it allows you to not get one shot by enemies, I would never use that normally but because my character is level 1 he has less health, it makes it so I can always have that running because I get hit once and one drink gets me back to full health every time so like the way that you can like build in Elden Ring, is just bananas. It's insane. So if you use that talisman with a talisman that makes it so you take more damage, the enemies will hit you harder, thus making that initial hit do less damage. <laughs> because what? it's a flat 30% negation, oh well. right? So if mm-hmm. you have low HP, the less the hard they hit you, the better. So as someone who spends time thinking these things through and playing mm. these things, the game's systems are so awesome and and rewarding for me that to me the systems are beneficial like i think that the systems benefit the action gameplay mm-hmm. in in a way that i think no one other developer on the planet has been able to replicate that from. Mm-hmm. I, I think that from is that, a, is that a, it's their designers are just seriously skilled um because the fact that they been able to balance it and make that work and have like well how many freaking weapons like a hundred weapons <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm still discovering more and more. So I think that Sekiro is like the best action game, and then I think that the <laughs> Souls and Elden Ring are the best action RPGs. I think That's they've ma- they've managed to 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 to, to, to kind of hit hard in both sides. I don't think one is necessarily better. I think Sekiro's final boss is like maybe the peak of, from gameplay. Mm-hmm. I think probably of Yishin, all like that, yeah. Yishin is just like maybe the most captivating fight I've ever done in a video game. Yeah,
0: no. You guys make good points, so you've persuaded me. From Soft has earned their the, the the RPG elements add something. I, I can I get to I, I can get very myopic and overlooking when I'm just like, but Sekiro, I just have it was just such a pure internal level up. Um, but there is a lot of ways to play Elden Ring, and that's that's really it's good.
3: It's crazy.
2: <laughs> I think uh, another point to add to that is people will make builds to one shot a boss, and I think that's something yeah. like you can that's only awesome. do. In a in a FromSoft game because everything is additive.
4: Oh yeah,
3: it's really cool. It, it, there's just a lot. If you're a nerd like that and in that p- specific kind of way, it's there's a lot there, a lot of very right. rewardingness. So, hm. yeah. What, uh, so foreign? what is what's your favorite? Yeah, I was, uh-huh. I was
1: gonna pose the question. It's like. Kind of like taking stock of everything that you look for. What's your personal favorite modern RPG and why? Um, I don't know if I should go first. I'm like nervous too because I'm. Ben- do it, Oren.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball. Are you guys ready for this? hmm Hit- Hitman Freelancer mode is my favorite. Oh God. Because I don't know. It's just like the get. <laughs> I love Hitman. How about this? I'm yeah. going to do two categories. I'm going to say Hitman okay. Freelancer mode. Is my favorite in 2023 because I feel like the game is constantly, unlike a FromSoftware game, in my opinion, the game is constantly encouraging you to use all the tools at your disposal in a way that I find immensely gratifying. Like, you know, uh, because you don't have access to a lockpick right away. It's like you have to find crowbars in the level to open up doors and stuff. And it's like, oh, like I don't have all of the equipment that I had in Hitman Three. I need to use a coin to like lure guards and stuff more often and find them in the level. So, or an
0: apple, or yeah. an
1: apple. Or it's like, like there have been times where I've like ki- I've killed people with a kitchen knife because that was just available. I'm like, I just grab the mm-hmm. knife, stab them, or throw it at them, and you know, get the hell out of there.
0: Those are the best moments. Yeah, those are the best moments.
1: So like, Hitman Freelancer mode for me. Like is a great RPG in 2023, but like if we're gonna just talk overall, like a great RPG, I think um, I think Cyberpunk 2077. I'm gonna go with that one despite its flaws because I think unlike The Witcher 3, which I love, I love The Witcher 3. Like I feel like The Witcher 3, what really kept me going was the story and not Mm -hmm. the gameplay. The gameplay Mm -hmm. wasn't engaging me in the same way the story was and the role playing within the cutscenes. And the shot reverse shot dialogue and stuff i think cyberpunk 2077 is like the ultimate jack of all trades where it's like the story is engaging the side quests are engaging the gunplay is engaging um the gunplay is like the gameplay like you could play it so many different ways you can play it as a hacker you can play it as like stealthily you can do melee you could do more like gunplay I think uh cyberpunk 2077 for me like for what i look for an in rp in an rpg i think that might be like the one for me so that that's how that's where i'm feeling so i i gave two Hitman freelancer cyberpunk <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh right. so, since i was just talking about it, i'm just gonna throw mine elden ring has got to be mine like elden ring is my <laughs> favorite rpg i've ever played uh it's Hard to top that game, and it still keeps on giving, and I'm gonna keep on playing it. <laughs> so,
1: I, I was yeah. gonna choose Elden Ring, but I feel like it was just like everyone's gonna choose Elden Ring.
3: Though the I systems <laughs> are just too in depth for me to not pick that one. Like that just has to be. I've just, but it's just, yeah, mm. it's just.
2: Um, oh, just,
1: just do it, Kevin. Just do it. I had to do it. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna, uh I'm gonna abuse my guest privileges here. Mm. And I'm gonna name three.
3: Do it. Uh, yeah, I, like I did two. So.
2: Because, can. I do you, two. No,
0: you're done. Your turn's over. <laughs> i <would laughs> do two. If I can do
3: two. There's no. There's I would no do ten.
0: No, no. This <laughs> oh, isn't. This isn't tactics Ogre. We can't replay your no, turn. No. See,
2: this is agency right here. I just. I just redefine the rules. <laughs> hmm Uh, be, because RPG is too broad for me. Um. I'm. Could, so. I'm sorry. Let me let me say Elden Ring and then throw it out mm-hmm. right away, uh, mm. because I don't want this to be the Elden Ring show, right? Like I don't, I, I mean, yeah, of course it's Elden Ring. I've played 500 plus hours. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this podcast and I'll probably play it for like 10 minutes <laughs> just because you can hop <laughs> in and out. I love it. So aside from that, uh, I'm gonna say my favorite action RPG, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I have lauded over this. Um, I I am clearly a fan. I love the world i'm reading a a book uh that just came out uh cyberpunk no coincidence uh by one of the writers uh and it's great so yeah there's it 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 checks off a lot of boxes to me right leveling matters you can play how you want to play there's a lot of agency you can affect the story you can choose your 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 different endings and it's not just at the end where you press a button You can save lives. You could let people die. There's just, there's so much there. And there's a lot of things that feel good. The shooting feels good. The melee feels good. Uh, Hacking. I love hacking in combat. It's one of my favorite things. Just tossing a grenade in a crowd is is great. Um, Yeah.
1: Can I say one thing about Cyberpunk? Yes. One other thing about Cyberpunk that I feel like has never been true for RPGs for me. It's the only RPG that I've played where I didn't feel like it was too long. Like, I put, like, mm-hmm. 70, 80 hours into it, and by the time I got to the end credits, I was, like, that was, like, the perfect leg. Usually, an RPG is just too fucking long yeah. for me. <laughs> Cyberpunk was not. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, a- and there's, I like brain dances. I like how they pace a lot of the missions. There's not always a violent mission. Sometimes it's just a conversation with somebody. Sometimes you have really deep, meaningful, you know, philosophical discussions with somebody, and it makes you feel good at the end, or bad. So, that's my favorite action RPG. Uh, My third one is my favorite modern uh, CRPG, and that's Disco Elysium.
1: Hell yeah.
2: Um, Baldur's Gate 3 might, you know, edge that one out. We'll see. But to me, Disco Elysium is just a complete polished package. Uh, I still listen to the soundtrack when I work, just because it's it's beautiful to me. Um, I like you know, it it almost brings back that like Sierra adventure of like how many different ways you can kill yourself just by accident. <laughs> like there's a thing where you could read your notebook too long and you decide to quit. And then that's the, that's the end of the game. And you can do that within the first, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, hmm. or you can hang yourself with your tie. Um, <laughs> but it also does like the whole randomness and dice failure. I, I think better. Um, and one of the things that I forgot to mention is like when RPG falls short is, um, Save scumming.
3: Yeah.
2: I never I mean, felt I had to save scum. Well, I n- I've never felt I had to save scum in, in a FromSoft game, right?
3: You can't. Uh,
2: you can't. You can, technically. but Well, if you copy oh. your.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's a lot of work.
2: It is. Uh, but we're smart people here. Um, <laughs> okay.
0: there's, Speak for yourself.
2: <laughs> there's there's tools for automation. Um, but Disco Elysium, I never felt like I had to save scum because the outcome, whether you failed or succeeded, was still progressing.
3: Same with From, you right. hmm Yeah.
2: So those are my three.
1: Okay. D- Disco Elysium uh, could have been my pick. That is a really good game. I love Disco Elysium. What a world. give that the another wri- chance. The writing is so good. Ugh, yeah, like, nuts. Uh,
2: I think it is, you know, I don't know. I don't want to sound stupid, but, like, it's, it is a leap of faith to create an entirely new world. And to trust your player to be invested in its alternate history, like there's nothing borrowed from that game, really. I, I I mean, yeah, there there are like real history elements that are borrowed, but it's like Dungeons and Dragons is clearly Tolkien, okay? And it's like that's just like fantasy has the same classes, the fame, the the, the same tropes, um. But to me, Disco Elysium, like really. Really stepped out, made its own world, and then made its own lore, its own humor, its own, you know, sadness, its, you know, own happiness, its own technology. Um, And I think that was, like, a really bold choice.
1: It feels like a world that's just, like kind of like bound together with like this theme of it just being completely broken you know what I mean like everything feels broken about it like the unions feel broken like the, the corporations like the, the char- main character like there's something like that I've, that really spoke to me about that and uh, it's a really good game I I kind of hmm. want to play it a second time at some point
0: alright uh, I'll try to go quick. I, I do want to say first and foremost, I said this in the Discord, but what a what a time to be live when Elden Ring, Legend of Zelda, and Baldur's Gate three come out within a two year period. It's like three like just games that elevate that type of like huge, vast open game in a way that, that I don't think other games have. So that's awesome. Um, I'm gonna say my fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna i to do two. Uh, one. Uh, this is a tactical JRPG. I think it's really good. It's really deep systems. Uh, Tactics Ogre predecessor to Final Fantasy Tactics. Really incredible game. Came out, it's, it's, technically it's a Super Nintendo game, so it's not a, not a recent game, but they had a complete remake of it last year. It made my top 10 list. Um, I still play it regularly on Switch. I really like it. It's available on everything. Um, it has a great story, and just some of the most satisfying tactical battles. The one thing I will say about like a Baldur's Gate 3, sometimes the environment can be so detailed that you can be a little unclear about where you can move. This game has more simple, yeah. you know, uh, graphic style, which makes it much more clear. So it feels like just like a satisfying game of chess almost. Um, the other one, I, I don't know, man. Like honestly, I'm just going to be a chump and say Baldur's Gate 3. I've already put like 20 plus hours into it and it's like head and shoulders over anything I've played, like p- particularly RPG wise in ages. Um, I really like Cyberpunk, but I, I'm already like having a much better time than I think I ever did with Cyberpunk, and I think Cyberpunk's great. Never could get into The Witcher, um, you know, I really like Divinity Original Sin 2, but
3: I don't know, Baldur's Gate is has impressed me so much. So, Can I say one thing, that mm. a mini-story that I think was just, just shows the, like, this developer intent of that game? Uh, I met, so I have two party members, and then I got separated from them, and then I met one of them, and the other one didn't like the other one. And there was a part of the game where I could rescue the other one, and uh, they were like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't rescue them. You can't trust them. <laughs> and uh, I was like, and I was like, okay, I'll just kill them. So I, they, it was like a dialogue option, like, oh, you can just, let's just attack them. So I killed them, and they're just dead. And there's like, that's a character who probably has thousands of lines of dialogue that they've probably built for this entire game that you can just kill, encouraged to kill by another NPC, and they're just Wait, dead. You killed Shadowheart? Not Shadowheart, Lazale. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, Shadowheart's okay. like, we can't trust her, and I was like, all right, yeah, let's she's just kill her, and then right. she, and she's dead. And that's it. Wow. Or she's just a corpse. You just loot her, and then she's gone. Like there' the a whole game. She's just dead. I just, wow. I just feel like other, other games, other developers wouldn't be so fast and loose with their characters and let you do that. Like that's not like a common thing. They like, usually, if they have a character, they put time into. They like present the character. I know. She, I mean, like, they like continuously bug you to join your party. Like you can't avoid them.
2: Like you have to wait till yeah. the end of Mass Effect to kill Ashley. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. And oh man, it felt good to kill her, right? (laughs) Oh my god. Uh,
0: Kirk McKeand, who wrote the book uh, that I read last year, "The History of Stealth," he wrote a review of Baldur's Gate three, and he said he killed every party member he met, killed every quest giver, and was still able to beat the game. (laughs) That's amazing. Like he just played it like a full serial killer, and just has like a and he kept their body parts in his inventory and threw them at people. Like he just all that. Dude, I read that. That
3: article's so funny. Oh my god. So that reminds me of my first Oblivion playthrough where I played just full chaos because that was like the first experience I ever played in a game where I could do that. Oh, yeah. So I love that that is an option in this game. I might do that. I might do a chaos, a full chaotic evil playthrough, just burn everything Mm -hmm. to the ground. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I do want to throw out one thing about Cyberpunk before we like wrap this topic up. That's like another thing about that game that (laughs) really blew my mind was I think it's really even more so than Mass Effect and even The Witcher 3 which are games that I love the characters in Cyberpunk like they felt like best friends or like lovers even so to speak by the end of it I was Panam. like I like I, I, I could not it was a trip like that game was a trip like by the end of that game I was like I felt so close to so many of those characters in a way that I've never felt in an RPG before like holy shit yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can. I definitely feel the same way. Like they are, the same way. They are some of my favorite characters that you ever inter- interact with. I mean, even the short time you had with Jackie is like so impactful.
1: Oh my god! And like yeah, the oh funeral yeah. and shit. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Mm. That 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 game was a trip. Cyberpunk. That like, like it's too bad it got so much backlash. You know, which you know, justifiably so. But oh my god! Like what was there was amazing.
3: Whoa. Yeah. I agree. I, I felt like that was like for me it was like wow this is at that Bioware level of like I know these people these people are my friends I want to spend more time with them I want to come you know they just want to hang out and yeah be buddies yeah yeah. that's how I feel in Baldur's Gate 3 I'm like oh my god these people I'm, are cool I'm already starting to feel that way too with that game <clears throat> I haven't played it enough to, to but I, I can totally see by the writing and presentation and everything that it will be like that like for sure mm.
1: that's awesome
3: yeah
0: alright <clears throat> RPGs they're pretty cool, uh, guys. Let's do some personal wrecks. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through mine really quick. It's a double. It's a double wreck. So I went down a rabbit hole of emulation. Uh, I started messing around with RetroArch, or RetroArch. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and it it has a built-in CRT shaders, which are different than CRT filters. A CRT filter is like a grid that kind of counteracts and brings the art back together a little bit, but a CRT shader is like a complex. Process that that actually makes your TV look like a CRT and gave me some like intense nostalgic feelings um, The other thing it did that was really good was it was able to make older PlayStation 1 games and and Super Nintendo games Look right like the uh, the full motion video in Resident Evil and the backgrounds in Resident Evil 2 looked really really good with the C- with the, the uh, CRT shader on in a way that they, they look horrific if you look at them without it um, So that was awesome and then I started playing Xenogears again, speaking of RPGs, one of my favorites, uh, and found a 21-part, 21 one-to-three-hour-long 21, one episode podcast doing a close read of the entire game, uh, which is basically like a college course on Xenogears. These guys did a ton of research and understood, like, like read about all the philosophers and historical figures that influenced the game, and they read dev uh, interviews and stuff to... To understand the development it was I don't know I've listened to much much of that it's by Resonant Arc it's uh, extremely extremely interesting if you like that kind of weird esoteric shit so that's me
3: good stuff nice I think I will next mine was uh, I think I actually made this recommendation before but I'm going to do it again because I think it's, it's relevant to this podcast uh, reappraisal uh. For something that you don't like check it out again might be worth it last of us part one Great game. Ah, nice, yeah, love it. Yeah, God of War 20, 2020. No, I don't
1: think so. I, don't I, think so. I, I, I honestly <laughs> thought you were gonna say Bo's afraid. I love it now.
3: So I, oh. I, I've, I've, have been reappraising that in my brain a lot, and I, 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 think the, I think the beginning is incredible, and I think it shouldn't have had the last two acts. as really, I think it's too long, and, yeah, but the beginning is incredible. I think it's I think it's it's worth seeing if you. It's just so long. That's why I can't recommend it. It's like it's three hours. It's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Uh, but it's a movie. But I, I enjoyed a lot of it. But I didn't enjoy all of it. And I, yeah, I don't know. What's a positive and negative reappraisal? Um, a positive reappraisal would be Last of Us Part One. Okay. A negative reappraisal would be Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Of> <laughs> that, that game sucks. Ah, poor Final Fantasy VIII. Squall, <laughs> such a bitch. That game sucks. <laughs> um.
0: All right, Mike. Sorry, I should have let you go first. I was so eager to just <laughs> get this out because it was too much, but...
2: That's okay. Uh, so mine is a book. It's called uh-huh. A Short Stay in Hell by Stephen Peck. And it's about like 120 pages, I think. You can you can read it relatively quickly, but uh, I like the premise because it's sort of the idea of what if hell wasn't eternal? Mm. But it was so long that it's indistinguishable. Uh, and the whole thing, uh, I don't know if there's there's this, you know, uh, the library of Babel, uh, where it has mm-hmm. every book ever written. That's where you are in hell, and you have to find a book that describes your life, and then you can leave hell. <laughs> um, but obviously, there's more to it. Uh, it's a really good read and it's a really fun thought experiment of what existence would be like in that type of environment where you're not burning at a stake but you're not leaving
3: mm. very very good mm. interesting premise
4: yeah
2: huh. uh, oh check it, that out. the funny thing is uh, the author is Mormon or they were raised mormon <laughs>
4: uh,
2: <laughs> and the book starts off with uh, you're going to hell because you picked the wrong religion, and it's a Mormon person, right? And then uh, this <laughs> demon that's you know assigning to your place in hell, they're like, "Oh no no, no! You guys were all wrong. It was this other one religion. Sorry." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that happens in South Park. <laughs> they're like, "What mm-hmm. was the right religion?" They're like, "It was Mormonism." They're like, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you did you guys ever see that show, uh, Smiling Friends, on HBO? Oh. No. no. there was like a moment where like a character dies and goes to hell and he comes back and they say to each other, wow, who would have thought that the Catholics were right? Like there actually is a heaven and hell. Who would have thought of that? It's just stupid bullshit. (laughs) Uh, mm -hmm. Well, uh, I guess I'll do my personal rec. Um, This uh, summer I've really, you know, now that we're kind of like post COVID, so to speak, I've really been making an effort to go like music festivals and seeing stuff in the theaters and things, um, you know, doing all that stuff. I know not everyone has like, um, you know, the time or maybe even the money to do that stuff. But um, I know for me as someone who has been in COVID brain for a really long time, it's this summer has been really important to me. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm a human being actually going to these things and having a good time. So, um, you know, if you have the chance, like, Go see a movie in a theater. Um, I recommend the Music Box in Chicago, which is always doing retrospectives. Earlier this summer, I saw Boogie Nights on 70mm. Unbelievable experience with, like, a great crowd who all love the movie. And then last night, I saw Mad Max Fury Road at the same theater. Also an uh, unbelievable experience. It was so funny because um, (laughs) um, during the moment, like, when... uh, Tom Hardy does the meme, that's bait, which is like a famous meme on the internet. Mm. Like the whole theater started laughing. Because it's like, <laughs> you know, it's such a big meme at this point, but, um, mm. but also like music festivals. I saw like Lala, I went to Lollapalooza. I saw Kendrick Lamar. I saw red hot chili peppers. I saw Fred again. Like, it's just fun. Like I, I know uh, not everyone has the opportunity, but like if you, if you're sick of COVID brain and you have the opportunity to go to a music festival, go see a movie to the theater, take the opportunity life's short go for it
0: awesome awesome yeah get out there live live your life get some germs get some
1: germs get some germs like maybe you'll cough a little bit or whatever but whatever it's fine Mm -hmm. be human
0: (laughs) very good all right well guys that was that was a long one but I guess it's been a couple weeks since we've done one of these uh we had a lot to say uh yeah. Kevin played a lot of video games. I blame you, Kevin, for all I those games. Didn't I, even right. talk
3: about all of them. I
1: can't believe oh, Baldur's Gate 3 was a disappointment. That's such like a bad yeah, game. A disappointment. Bad game.
0: <laughs> it <sighs> doesn't have a penis slider. There's only one one well, two penis options. Um there's a lot of games with penis options now. It's it's this is this is just becoming normal.
2: Uh I actually missed that part of the character creator. I don't know how, but uh I read it after really? the fact. Oh it's there. And, and it's I thought, there. Oh, it's <laughs> there. <laughs> I guess Uh, I guess that was play tested, and that's what people people wanted. mm. They wanted that Conan level slider. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. Well, thanks for listening, Mike. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Good to have you. Fun as Uh, always. Yeah, Orin, Kevin, you guys, good to see you. And how many got
3: worse? Do we have this episode? I think we only got one
0: or two. I I I added an extra just because I I saw the counter. I think there was two there was no
1: yeah. oh. you know what i'm There's, gonna okay. change i'm gonna change my personal favorite modern rpg i think it's god of war ragnarok because
0: oh oran i'm sorry we can't hear you your microphone's <laughs> been muted i don't know what's going on I, I i wish we could hear what we had to say thanks right matt now, but unfortunately right. friends, the internet is cut out and uh that's yeah all right guys well we'll be back in uh two weeks adios